0: the mountains of central british columbia to you listening around the world this my friends is spaced out radio i am your host dave scott sitting in the captain's chair of sor headquarters kicking off year number six on the air. We welcome you to tonight's show, including Kingdom of Nye Radio and Revolution Radio. If you want to take a listen to our archives, they are free at YouTube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is SpacedOutRadio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you. You can rock out to Bumblefoot, do a little shopping at the SOR vault, pick up a great book at We Read the Night. Yeah, you can join the Space Travelers Club for five bucks a month, and Captain Shirk has you updated on the SOR Newswire. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by donating to Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. R.J. Von Bruning is a new author and amateur astronomer with an extensive technical background in the electrical industry. The forbidden knowledge of Enoch is a product of almost 25 years of historical research into the occult, secret societies, and conspiracy theories. But we're going to fast forward because he has got this new book out called Unlocking the Dream Vision, The Secret History of Creation. And yes, it could ruffle a lot of feathers. You can pick up this book on Amazon.com. Then at the bottom of our number three, I'm going to get to you the, NIS, the SOR Newswire and bring you all the news as we get caught up. Before we bring RJ on, I just want to give a quick shout out to each and every one of our listeners out there tuning us in, especially those who are tuning us in on our affiliates, including Gab, Kingdom of Nye Radio, Revolution Radio, our terrestrial affiliates as well. You know who you are. This is the beginning of year number six on Spaced Out Radio. Hard to believe over the weekend we passed five years of age, but we're going to keep going. We're getting bigger, we're getting stronger, and it's all because of you sharing our tweets, sharing our posts on social media, following along, you know, going to our archives, supporting the store, whatever you guys do. You guys are doing amazing. Thank you so much on behalf of the entire Spaced Out Radio team. We really appreciate it. And to be doing this for you guys each and every night, it is an absolute dream come true, and we're going to ride this thing out. We're going to ride it right to the end, which is bigger, better, stronger, We're going to add more stations in the future. We're going to add more advertising. We're going to add more of you out there. So keep spreading the word, doing what you do, because each and every time you do, it really helps us out. So a big thank you from all of us at Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited for being a part of the first five years of this ride. Let's go another five, and we can talk about it then. And hopefully it's in Vegas with a few drinks and a good, good Spaced Out Radio party. Mr. RJ. Good to have you back on Spaced Out Radio.
1: Glad to be here.
0: It's always good, man. It's been a couple of years since we had you on the show. But I got to tell you, you know, I owe you an apology, actually, because... It has been, you've been nagging me for about the last four or five months. (laughs) Dave, when am I coming back on? And it wasn't because I was ignoring you. It's just when, when you're doing double duty like I am right now, where I got a daytime job, you know, because I got to pay my bills and I got to make sure that everything on the household is taken care of and get my little guy to hockey and things like that, you know, you kind of run a little roughshod because I'm the producer, I'm the booking agent, I do absolutely everything. Everything. So I owe you an apology. I meant to bring you on months previous, but you know what the good news is? We got you here tonight, my friend.
1: Oh, and it's great being here, and there's no need to apologize. I know you do an awesome job running around doing putting out a great show. It's it's just great to be here.
0: Well, I'm I'm ecstatic to have you back and you got a great set of hair too. I we do have to point that out to the audience. Your hair is tight, <laughs> man. Your hair is tight. <laughs> And we we absolutely love it. RJ, for our friends here who are listening on the other side who may not be familiar with your work, how did you get involved with writing about some of the most high strangeness that could be on this planet?
1: Um, I've always had an interest in the paranormal and UFOs and just the bizarre, strange things that always happen. Um, As far back as I can remember as a little kid in the 1970s, I remember watching, you know, In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy and just being fascinated by it. And I just love it. Everything about it. I even love horror movies and science fiction and everything. And it's just I don't know, you, you could almost say it's like a calling or a hobby. It, it's it's just kind of always consume my life because it's, I just find it so interesting because there's so many different interpretations, there's so many different avenues, and there's always the chance to discover something new.
0: So did you always have an interest in this or was this something that you kind of fell into and said, you know, this is something I want to look into more?
1: Um, in this case for... The books I've been writing, I kind of just fell into it because about a decade ago, I happened to get my hands on the book of Enoch and had a chance to sit down and read it. And it just totally blew me away, uh, specifically the dream vision, which is buried way deep in the back and is the focus of my work. And, uh this story just blew me away. And ever since that day of reading it, I've been fascinated and trying to figure it out and explain to everybody what I've discovered so far.
0: And what really turned your ties and your thoughts and changed your thinking after reading the book of Enoch? Uh,
1: The biggest thing again is still the dream vision is because In a nutshell, it is an allegorical and symbolic retelling of the entire biblical story that uses animals to represent people and groups of people and men to represent a higher state of being or angels. And when I first read this kind of kooky little story – and in fact, it's not very long. It's only about a dozen pages long – I just was hooked, Uh, was just so fascinated because I'd never heard these ancient stories told this way using animals, almost like how we do cartoons and stuff today, but – There was something more there. There was some mystery because some of the symbolism was familiar. Things that we've seen around us every day, you know, we see triangles and we see the symbolism for, you know, bulls or other animals and things. And there seemed to have been some type of connection. And that was kind of what got me started in this and trying to figure out what that connection was.
0: Excuse me. How far down the path did you have to go before you were looking for your answers? Because there's a lot of people who decide to, to take that path, R.J., and it either freaks them out, it either is not very understanding to what their thinking is or what their own personal beliefs are, yet you seem to really catch on to it.
1: I don't really have a good answer for that. Uh, I just have always had a fascination with it. I, I think it's probably because I've loved history, and history, one of the first things I always teach you in your first history class is history is really biased. So you have to be incredibly open-minded even when you're reading, you know, American history or recent Canadian history and stuff because it does have a biased opinion to it. And there's other things that are missing. You know, they usually only focus on the important things or the big things. But what about the regular people? What about the people who have regular jobs, that tend the fields, that build the temples, you know, who make society and life happen? Those people always kind of get fall through the cracks and everybody kind of forgets them. And in a way, they're kind of the secret to trying to figure out what happened all those centuries ago.
0: Now, were you a religious man growing up?
1: Not really. Um, I was raised in a Catholic family. My mother was really Catholic, but the entire rest of the family was Protestant. And the only thing that might make me a little bit more unique is the vast majority of the members of my family were Masonic. I was always told from being a little kid that I come from a Masonic family and outside of myself and one brother and one sister, everybody in my family has always been involved in Masonry. And maybe that's why a little bit of this stuff doesn't really bother me or mess with my beliefs too much because I've always been kind of, it's always kind of been there in the background, even though it's not really kind of spoken of or anything, it's just kind of there.
0: I can understand that, but, I mean, for people, you know, there's still that taboo out there that if you go in search of anything that's outside of the Word of God, which would be the Holy Bible, that you're really just trying to mess with religion or mess with the Scripture or mess with the beliefs. Did you feel that you were doing that coming from a Catholic background?
1: No, uh, because, because I love history so much, I've always kind of been taught and understood that although the Bible is a very central piece of our society and our culture, the book itself has been altered. It's been edited. Books have been removed. It's got typos. Um, And so the book that we have today is not really the same book that we had, you know, a thousand years ago. And That's where a lot of this mystery lies, and this is also where the dream vision starts coming back into it, because in essence, the dream vision is a detailed outline of the entire biblical story with enough detail, especially once you start understanding the symbolism, that you can see what parts of the Bible have been removed, which parts of the story have been removed, uh, what things have been altered. And when those pieces are added back in, uh, the story just takes on a a new dynamic and a new depth. And so I don't really see it a challenge to religion. It's understanding this book in just a new way.
0: For people who are not very familiar with the Book of Enoch, or maybe they've heard about it, but just have not had the chance to investigate it, read it, research it, tell us what it's like. Take a couple minutes with this.
1: Well, to understand the book of Enoch, you kind of have to understand Enoch a little bit. And like you said, most people have heard of Enoch. Uh, He's in the Bible. Um, He's most notably known as being the grandfather of Lamech and the great grandfather of Noah. Um, And he's most famous for the one line out of the Bible stating that he walked with God and then he was not for God took him. And this is makes Enoch a very unique individual because he's the only individual in the biblical story and the tradition itself that was personally taken by God. Everybody else was taken in a whirlwind or an angel or some other type of miracle. But in the case of Enoch, God himself came and took him. And then once you start getting into the book of Enoch, you discover that Enoch had a personal one-on-one relationship with God, which is, makes him totally unique throughout the entire tradition, almost every single religious tradition. Um, and the big thing about his book is the fact that it was removed. Um, And the early Catholic Church basically removed it because it provided too much information and because of this personal relationship that he had with God interfered with the Church's uh, original message that the only way to salvation was through the Church. So Enoch kind of messed with that message just by reading the book, by it existing. But most people are under the misconception that The early Catholic Church banned the book. They actually didn't ban it. They just removed it, and people just stopped using it, and it stopped being copied, and within a couple of centuries, it just kind of disappeared. But the key thing about this book is that it is the source material for a huge amount of stories within the Christian and even Jewish, Jewish traditions especially of the fallen angels uh, the watchers the corruption of man the giants all these things actually come from the book of Enoch and basically people had forgotten about the book but they remembered the stories and they got passed on and that's kind of how this book ended up surviving for centuries and um, We're really lucky in the aspect that the book disappeared in Europe, but there were copies of it in Ethiopia, and it essentially sat on a shelf for 1,400-plus years, not being altered, not being changed, not being messed with in any way. And that's kind of what makes this book so important, and especially the dream vision, is because we have an basically a 1,400-year-old unaltered version of the biblical story. And you can see all the changes. And that's what kind of makes it so important.
0: That is very interesting. Very interesting indeed. So – In regards to the whole idea that the Book of Enoch was pulled from the the Bible centuries ago, how has this, in your opinion, affected modern-day religion?
1: Actually, it had a huge influence. Uh, The Book of Enoch—excuse me— has had an influence since basically the late 1400s onward. Um, Because people remembered the stories, but they couldn't find a copy of the book, it started being spoken about, started being whispered about, you know, hey, you know, I heard about this book. And it didn't take long for con men and some good forgeries to be made and people selling them and ripping people off. And this kind of started it. And the big, huge push came really in the late 1500s after the Reformation with uh, the ever-famous John Dee, the magician, astrologer, supposed spy and everything else to Queen Elizabeth – he and his partner really focused on the book of Enoch. Um, In fact, many people have talked about Enochian keys, uh, Enochian languages. Um, These things all come from John D. And he kind of set off kind of an Enoch craze for a while. Um, Enoch was talked about in academic circles it was talked about in the new clubs and salons at the time that were talking about science and politics out of these come you know the freemasons the royal society and things like that it had a big influence on scientific thought because it opened up the door to other ways of thinking and that there was other ways outside of the church's teachings uh, but the truth is, is the book itself wasn't rediscovered until 1776, uh, when three copies were brought back. And then it wasn't translated in English until 1821. So that's kind of why the book kind of has just kind of hung in the background.
0: Interesting. Interesting. We only got about five minutes here until we go to break. At the bottom of the hour, author R.J. Von Bruning is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Now, with the way that everything is set up for today and what people believe today and the the numerous religions that are popular, especially in the Western culture here, uh, how do you think that they would react to knowing if they took the time to learn about the Book of Enoch and how it really would have maybe change the entire aspect of religion that we know it today?
1: Um, I think they would be astounded. Um, Right now, the book has been available for about a year now, and the little bit of feedback I've gotten so far is... People are just kind of astounded, more kind of wishing that they would have known this information and kind of going, why was it hidden? And that was another question kind of this commonly comes up is kind of, why is this hidden? Because it really doesn't change much. It's just provides a better understanding of these stories and that there's actually a real history there. The other really important thing about all this is once you start learning the symbolism that's in the dream vision, you start discovering that the symbolism cuts across cultures and that it was basically kind of a universal system of writing that was used by the ancient scribes. And this is where it really kind of opens up the door into history and leaves the religion behind uh, because it starts influencing other mythologies, other stories, other legends, and folklore that many of us are very familiar with. And those stories, too, again, take on a brand new dimension, a new depth, uh, and in many cases, start leaving the realm of mythology and become possible and believable.
0: So, focusing on today, how important is a book like the Book of Enoch? for today's purpose, because, I mean, literally we see the the world in many facets and all hell in a handbasket, you know? I mean, people don't know whether they're coming or going. We don't know, you know, or we've been on – it doesn't matter. We've been asked to choose sides on so many different directions. People are are becoming more uh, evasive with everything
1: now. I think it can help because it helps – once you understand the symbolism, once you start understanding the story, it always kind of helps to understand where you come from. And in this story, it does fill in the gaps and provide us with, I think, a much better framework of kind of understanding why we live in the world we do, you know, kind of how did we get here? And that's, I think, a you know, the question everybody has, especially in religion, is, you know, why are we here, how did we get here, and where are we going? And one of the big things that is revealed through learning the symbolism is that many things that we think happened in the past or had a big influence weren't really that important, and things that we believe are coming in the future are really things that happened in the past. And that right there may be kind of the most important point, that it starts teaching you that most of these stories are not prophecy of things to come. They're actually ancient history of things that already happened.
0: What do you mean by ancient things that have already happened?
1: A good example, and it's kind of getting really far because we're missing a huge chunk of the story, is how the book of Revelation speaks of a great destruction. And there has been other people that have proposed that this destruction possibly was at the end of the last ice age. Through the book of Enoch, through the symbolism, and how I guide you through in the book, you will discover that that destruction has already happened. And it happened approximately 13,000 years ago. And that's kind of the big, huge secret behind all of this is that we basically have all the information. What we are wrong about is the timeline and that it goes much farther back. And that's kind of the big, dirty secret that's hidden in the background. Some of it's intentional. Some of it's not. But – it's what we have to work with
0: well we got, we got to learn more about that when we come back here at the bottom of the hour after the break author R.J. Von Bruning is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio, his latest book, Unlocking the Dream Vision, The Secret History, oh goodness there it is, The Secret History of Creation, and we're going to get into this a lot tonight we might be on a learning adventure here people Maybe it's time to store the tinfoil in the be- cupboard again because we're going to learn a lot more from R.J. Vomberding on Space Down Radio.
2: Hey, space travelers. This is John Resig, founder of the Chive and Chive Chairs. If you know anything about our website, you would know we like to do things a little differently. We're not some faceless organization collecting money for a nebulous cause. Our donor dollars go directly toward life-improving items. Then we give those items directly to an underdog who needs it most. To become a donor with Spaced Out Radio's official charity, Chive Charities, just go to chivecharities.org forward slash donate.
3: From the heartlands of Canada to beards around the world, we know how to take care of you. Fill your follicles with the Mighty Moose Beard Oil. All our oils and balms are handmade and 100% natural ingredients because we care about your beard. And hey, use the promo code SOR2019 and get your Mighty Moose Beard Oil today. You can check us out on our website, mightymoosebeard.com.
4: This is your guitar man, Ron Bumblefoot-Thaw. And I have to tell you, I love the response I get for Little Brother is Watching from Spaced Out Radio fans. It's amazing how music can inspire and make people think deeper about what's going on in the supernatural world. You can head over to my website, bumblefoot.com, to check out my music, my guitar workshops, my touring, even check out some of the hot sauces that I'm working on. And make sure you keep on listening, because with Spaced Out Radio, you know Little Brother is Watching.
5: Finish off your weekend and kick off your new week with me, Everett Themer, right here on Spaced Out Sundays. I'm going to bring you great guests, a little bit of snark, and plenty of information to think about. But don't worry, there's going to be plenty of woo as well. We are going to hit everything in the paranormal and supernatural, including the odd psychic Sundays. So tune us in on Sunday, 9.06 p.m. Pacific, 12.06 a.m. Eastern, right here at SpacedOutRadio.com.
0: Heading to Vancouver and looking for a night on the town? The Moose Vancouver is the bar that never stops rocking until 2 a.m. every night. The Moose has great food with everything on the menu from 6.95 to 8.95, fantastic vibrant staff and rock and roll that will bring you back to when the music was real, the hair was long and the guitars were rocking. Get your party on at The Moose Vancouver, the official party bar of Spaced Out Radio.
6: Every night on Space Out Radio, we have places for you to hang out. Hi, this is Carl. Join our SOR Space Travelers group on Facebook for live chat. On Twitter, using hashtag Spaced Out Radio, you can also join us in our Spreaker chat room. Check us out on Instagram at S O R. All of our archives are free on YouTube at Spaced Out Radio. By the way, I'll be watching you at your window until you do. Bye! We're adding to the entertainment
7: online for Spaced Out Radio. I'm Amber Beckard, and I want to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and check out Cryptid Tales, where I will take you on a journey into some of the strangest legends and lore from around the world, relaying the stories to you of the strange creatures and experiences that people have had throughout time. You can find Cryptid Tales at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. And while you're there, don't forget to check out our free archives and leave a comment. See you there!
8: Are you having encounters with the paranormal, supernatural, or ufological that you cannot explain? Look no further than the SOR Sightlines Report, brought to you by the Experiencer Support Association. This is Ryan Stacey, head of the Research Association, TESA. Soon on the Spaced Out Radio website, you'll be able to file your reports and have them researched for you. We are independent and ready to help spaced out radio listeners today.
2: Move over, brother!
9: and let me own saturday night this is rich giordano and i'm inviting you to tune on in to spaced out saturday starting at 9 p.m pacific 12 a.m eastern where i'm going to bust open the lids on everything paranormal why because we want answers and i'm the guy who's going to deliver those answers to you join the chat rooms and we'll see you this saturday just be there no really
10: Hey, everybody. The SOR Space Travelers is open. For just five bucks a month, you can hang out with Dave and our crew privately in our members-only section. With your signing, you'll receive newsletters on what's going on with Spaced Out Radio. You'll have direct contact with the host during the show in our chat, live streaming videos, and a great forum for your posts and more. Become a space traveler now at spacedoutradio.com.
7: You wanted new SOR gear, and now you can have it. The SOR Vault is fully stocked with t-shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and everything in between with great logos for you to choose from. So head on over to spacedoutradio.com, click on the SOR Vault, and go shopping. Pricing is quite affordable, and you can look good representing your favorite show. So go to our website and pick up your new SOR wear at the SOR Vault today.
0: Looking for something new to push your limits? Look Beyond the Spectrum, a new docu-series featuring some of the best researchers in the world when it comes to everything from UFOs, government cover-ups, and Bigfoot in the forest. Truth-seekers like Steve Bassett, Dr. Jeff Meldrum, Richard Dolan, as well as others, all chip in to bring their knowledge to you. Beyond the Spectrum can be found on Amazon as well as Tubi TV. Tell us what you think on our Amazon page. Back to the second half hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR Headquarters. Great to have you with us. Reminder... But if you've missed portions of this show or others, you can always check out our free archives at YouTube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is SpacedOutRadio.com where we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Do a little shopping at the SOR Vault. Grab a book at We Read the Night. You can join the space travelers for five bucks a month. And Captain Shirk has you all up to date on the SOR Newswire. I got to give a little shout out here quickly. Quickly. Good friend in the Space Travelers Club, Mr. Haderack, His daughter, Emerald, painted a picture of spaced-out radio. And i got to tell you, I just saw it for the first time during the break here. It's in our forum. you got to be a part of the Space Travelers Club to see it. But <laughs> this thing is awesome. Absolutely awesome. She literally put a moose, a Bigfoot, and an alien... Playing poker on some mountaintop, probably because we're on the mountaintops here in British Columbia. Hanging out with a big We Own the Night on there. It is beautiful. Emerald, thank you. Thank you so much. I've already changed it, Emerald, to our new picture on Twitter. So you got to check that out. Thank you, Emerald. I appreciate that. Author RJ Von Bruning is our guest tonight. We're getting into all the weird occult stuff because it's rarely we do... But it's fun when we do. RJ's (laughs) latest book. I got to tell you about this. RJ's latest book that you want to check out. You can find it on Amazon. It is called Unlocking the Dream Vision, The Secret History of Creation. My good friend, RJ, welcome back to Space Now Radio. Thanks. Right on. Now, right before the break, you mentioned that you believe Revelation has already taken place you got to fill me in on this, because I'm going to be honest with you, okay? One of my biggest anxiety attacks happens around death, man. Can't can't handle the idea that one day it's all going to be over. Because I kind of like it here. Kind of like what I'm doing here with the microphone thing, you know, being a dad and all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. And Revelation scares the daylights out of me. It does, much like it does a lot of people. But you're going against the grain saying that you believe it already happened.
1: Yes. And that's one of the biggest secrets contained within the symbolism of the dream vision and the story of the dream vision itself is because as you slowly go through it, you discover that it's a history. It's a symbolic history. And the key is, is that these things to be history must have already happened and had to have been written about. And that's kind of the premise I took when I first started looking at this, is just trying to look at it from a historical point of view, like anybody else would, trying to understand the Bible or any other text, you know, learning about who wrote it, when they were supposed to be alive, and... With my interests in the paranormal and UFOs and stuff and just history in general and most people realize that there's discrepancies in the timeline. And that was kind of one of the first clues that, you know, we didn't have the whole story. There's There's something missing here. And that starts the path. And at the very end of it, you do discover that the terrible things of – within Revelation, already occurred. Not only did they already occur, but they occurred about 13,000 years ago and are probably the reason the event known as the Younger Dryas occurred, where the Ice Age came back for about 1,500 years, and there was a massive extinction of plants and large animals on the planet. And this is kind of the secret of it all. And that's where it really kind of challenges the current religious beliefs. And in the process, too, it also challenges our current understanding of history, not so much the events, but when they happened. That's the other big secret is the timeline is different. And once you start understanding the timeline the events start falling into place and you get a story. And then once you know what you're looking for, then you can go out and start looking and finding the evidence. And that's kind of the whole purpose of my book is guiding you through the symbolism, then the story, and then how the evidence ties into it and how these events all already happened. And that's where kind of the big thing is, is that we're kind of being lied to on many fronts, but at the same time, we're kind of being told the truth. And that's also, too, kind of why a lot of this stuff seems like it follows a script, because in essence, they're just kind of repeating the same thing that's already happened before.
0: Interesting. So who's the devil then? Who's Beelzebub? Where is the seven-headed creature That's going to blow hellfire and brimstone. And no, two of those heads do not belong to my current and former (laughs) mother-in-laws.
1: Those creatures, um, those living creatures as they're commonly referred to, um, as you go through the story, and we're kind of getting way ahead in where how the dream vision is, skipping over a lot of information. But you discover that these things are most likely technology. They are machines. They're not actually living creatures, which then that's the other aspect, is this starts taking you into things that are more familiar to people who like ancient aliens. And you discover that many aspects of those ideas are right but at the same time they're kind of wrong
0: (laughs) i still want to know where my mother in-laws end up on all of this because i am 0 for 2 in that category man i am 0 (laughs) for 2 and i'm not i you know i wish i was joking I wish I was joking on that, RJ, but I'm not. (laughs) So with that, do we see the destruction of the Earth happening? Because, you know, I think a lot of people worry about this.
1: I personally don't worry about it. Uh, Now, understanding the dream vision, understanding that these events are ancient history, um, and even then it wasn't the end of the world. Life still went on. People still survived. Um, In fact, we're still here. And that's one of the things that's kind of where many of the discrepancies in history and the timeline and out of place artifacts come from is because we are being taught kind of an artificial timeline instead of the actual timeline. But if they were to kind of tell you the whole timeline, then they would have to give away all the little dirty secrets. And in doing that, they would give away their power. Kind of getting all the way back to why the Book of Enoch was originally removed, because it challenged the power base. It questioned what was accepted fact at the time.
0: Hmm. So how does that bring us to your new book that you have out, which is Unlocking the Dream Vision, The Secret History of Creation. But I guess before we get more into Revelation, we should find out what the dream vision is. What does that actually mean?
1: Okay, like I earlier said in the first half hour, that the dream vision is an allegorical and symbolic retelling of the entire biblical story. Um, the key part is, in this is how it's basically put together. And I'll give you a quick example here, which is the very first set of verses to start understanding it. The vision, the second dream vision is there's two dream visions and you actually start with the second one. The first one ends up being used as part of the second one at a later point. Sounds a little confusing at the moment. (laughs) Um, But Enoch is describing a a dream he had to his son, Methuselah. And he said, um, Before I took my mother, your thy mother, Edra, I saw in my vision on my bed, and behold, a bull came forth from the earth, and that bull was white, and after it came forth a heifer, and along with this latter came forth two bulls, one of them black and the other red. And that black boar gored the red one and pursued him all over the earth. And thereupon, I could no longer see that red bull. Now, that's using bulls to tell the quick Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel story that everybody's very familiar with. The first important understanding of the symbolism is that the bull represents the first people or the first men. And that this is the first step of how the symbolism, because the animals represent people and groups of people. And once you start understanding that the bull represents the first men, then the story starts taking on a new dimension. And like I said before, this symbolism, because it was originally created by the scribes located in the temples to hide information, that... It's more or less universal. So by understanding through the dream vision that the bull represents the first men and it cuts across other cultures, you can understand that like Greek mythology that uses bulls all the time, that they're not really talking about bulls, the animal, but talking about the first men. So uh, to give you an example, is like when Zeus comes down and transforms himself into a bull to seduce some young maiden, we th- automatically think of the animal and we think of its mythology. Well, through the symbolism, you realize, no, Zeus comes down, he transforms himself into one of the first men and then seduces the young maiden. So the stories start taking on a new dynamic, And that's just the first step, because I go through basically it almost takes three chapters to explain all the intricate points of the bull symbolism and how it ties into our culture and into the stories and into the mythologies and how it even carries all the way into our own day. And that's kind of the first step into the symbolism. And the story keeps building off of there. And in the process, is changes the story, because the next part of it, that um, after he, the black bull gores the red one, the next verse is, but that black bull grew, and that heifer went with him, and I saw that many oxen proceeded from him, which resembled and followed him. Now, going off this symbolism, we can understand very quickly that the black boar, The bull is Cain, and the red bull is Abel. And that one of the biggest questions in that story is, who did Cain marry after he murdered his brother? Well, this provides the answer. He didn't marry—he basically married Eve, went with the heifer, and had children. And that aspect is actually within the biblical text's. But you don't notice it unless you know the symbolism and the dream vision story adding these details in.
0: So with that, okay, and the fact that the dream vision is something that, you know, it's almost, to me, by listening to what you said, it really sounds like a prophecy that really hasn't been paid attention to.
1: It hasn't. In fact, the book The book of Enoch, and especially the dream vision, has more or less been missed by everybody, by scholars, by theologians, even by people who studied the occult and esoteric and mysticisms. They've all seemed to miss this simple little story. And it's not really that unusual because the very first time I read it, when I got done reading it, the first thing that went through my mind was, what the heck did I just read? It didn't really make any sense, um, and it wasn't until I took a much closer look at it and started trying to see the connections and things that the pieces started clicking into place. In fact, when I first kind of started thinking about all this, I didn't think of writing the books that I have. I was actually thinking of kind of stealing it and using it to write uh, science uh To put together some type of sci-fi story, (laughs) kind of pull pull a George Lucas and steal a couple of different stories and smash them together and maybe make the next Star Wars. And it wasn't until I got into that process – that I kind of ran across other things and went, oh, wait a second, there's more to this. There's something really to this story. This isn't some corny little weird story. There's actually substance to it. The, this, the, the symbolism means something. It ties stories together. And then once that started, it just kind of snowballed. <laughs>
0: Gee whiz. Now, when you talk symbolism, what do you mean by that? Because when I think symbolism, I think, you know, what's on – the hieroglyphics of, of, you know, in the carvings in, in Egypt or Peru or, or Mexico in the pyramids. That's what I'm thinking of. What do you mean by the symbolism? And the
1: that is basically correct, that symbolism. It's the ancient symbolism that was created by the ancient scribes. Um, and what's so important about it is how it was developed, the scribes originally were the only ones that controlled all reading and writing you know, they, they could you know, they were the only ones so they controlled everything. It wasn't until much later on in civilization that warlords and powerful generals and kings and wealthy people started to develop that they could start forcing the scribes to teach them how to read and write and their children. So the scribes needed a new way to Hide their information, the the knowledge of the gods, and this is where they just started developing the symbolism. And like been pointing out, it's primarily animal symbolism, but it that's the starting point and that's kind of the core part. But it does branch off into the more familiar symbolism that we see in like hieroglyphs or. Uh, Even the back of the dollar bill, which is a good example with the unfinished pyramid, that all the symbolism does tie back in. Um, But the scribes basically created it to hide their information, and it was an incredibly effective system. A perfect example of that is if we take World War II and uh, look at the European theater of war and just – real generically say you know we Nazi Germany invades Poland and then they invaded France and they battled with Great Britain and then they invaded Russia and then it wasn't until the United States Britain and Russia banded together that they were able to destroy Germany but if we take that same generic little aspect and change the nation states to animals to their animal symbolism and tell the same story it changes All of a sudden, we get a story of an evil black eagle that became greedy, and he invaded the lands of the white eagle to the east. And after he conquered those lands, he turned to the west and conquered the Gaelic rooster. And then he battled with the lion of the north. When he couldn't defeat the lion, the eagle attacked the great bear to the east. And it wasn't until the great bald eagle, the great lion, and the great bear all banded together that this great evil eagle was destroyed. And that is, in a nutshell, what the scribes did. All of a sudden, that story doesn't sound like World War II. It sounds like it could be a fable or Aesop's fable or some moral story or even a religious story or even a child's story. And that simple, effective system... Of symbolism is how they hid incredible amounts of information that's the allegory that's the secret
0: has it fully been transcribed
1: pretty much uh there are still a few mysteries uh then there are still a few missing details and those details seem to be totally lost um Maybe one day they'll be dug up somewhere in some tomb or some grave or something. But right now, uh, as a whole, what we have has been translated, and you can actually pinpoint the people and the groups of people that the animals and everything all represent within the stories.
0: Hmm. So who was transcribing? Was this transcribed before, you know, say the last 100, 200 years? Or was this transcribed recently?
1: Uh, In the case of Enoch, um, the two primary English translations, the first one was in 1821, and the second one is the one I use, which is the more famous uh, version. Um, And I can never remember the guy's name. Robert Henley Henry Charles is the one that translated it in, I believe, 1914. Uh, and it is available for free, or you can get a copy of it off of uh, Amazon, dirt cheap. Um, so anybody can read this book, and anybody can go and start examining and exploring themselves. So the big key that you need is, is it works in conjunction with the biblical text. And that's – the next thing is is that this ties in with the biblical text and adds another dimension because when you start seeing the animals and stuff in the biblical text, it starts changing. perfect example would be Noah's Ark and the animals. Everybody argues over the animals. Believers say it was every animal on the planet. Skeptics say it couldn't have happened. Through understanding this ancient symbolism, you understand – And I already told you, the animals represent people and groups of people, and that Noah actually didn't take animals onto the ark. He was taking people onto the ark. And then if you step back a little and read a little bit more of that story, you discover that – Noah is given very specific instructions that he is to take seven males and seven females of the clean animals. These are the people that were not corrupted by the fallen angels, and that he was only to take one male and one female of the unclean or the people that had been corrupted by the fallen angels. And that changes the story. And you realize that everybody's arguing over the wrong thing and that it wasn't actual animals that were on the boat it was people so where'd all
0: the animals go? we got about a minute
1: they are just a symbolic representation of people so you have these small groups of people that were taken onto the ark to survive the flood and that's where everybody makes a mistake, just kind of like we just introduced with the bull symbolism. The bull represents the first men, and as you go through the dream vision, you start learning of other animals, other genre of animals as they're called, and what groups and nations and peoples that they actually represent. And that's too, is where it ties back into the Bible and then ties back into history.
0: Interesting. It's an incredible system. We only have about 15 seconds here before we got to go to break. So I'm going to just cut it off right there because, well, no point in asking any more questions until we get back from the break. Just the way it goes. R.J. Von Bruning is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. And, of course, we are talking about his great book that can be found on Amazon right now. It's called unlocking the dream vision the secret history of creation we're going to continue this with rj right after this on spaced out radio Yep. we're ruffling feathers tonight on the mighty sor let's continue it now or two
7: This is Amber Beckrude, and I want to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, where we store all of the SOR show archives for free. And, as an added bonus, every two weeks, I'm posting brand new content on Cryptid Tales, where I will get into some of the spookier legends and folklore from around the world, and tell the stories that go with them. Find us at youtube.com forward slash radio and check out Cryptid Tales today. Drop a comment and let me know what you want to hear. See you there!
2: Move over, brother,
9: and let me own Saturday night. This is Rich Giordano, and I'm inviting you to tune on in to Spaced Out Saturday starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, 12 a.m. Eastern, where I'm going to bust open the lids on everything paranormal. Why? Because we want answers, and I'm the guy who's going to deliver those answers to you. Join the chat rooms, and we'll see you this Saturday. Just be there. No, really
7: the sor vault is open for business and do we have some cool swag for you to pick up all you have to do is head over to our website and click on the sor vault you have a variety of cool logos to choose from and put them on anything you want t-shirts hoodies hats coffee mugs you name it we can get it to you so do your shopping by supporting the store you love get your spaced out radio swag at the sor vault today
3: We all know on Spaced Out Radio we love a good beard and mustache, so why not take care of your facial hair with Mighty Moose Beard Oil? Made in Canada, we're taking care of beards and stashes around the world. We use 100% natural ingredients with our oils and balms to make your whiskers feel silky smooth. Use promo code SOR2019 at MightyMooseBeard.com today.
0: At SpacedOutRadio.com, we have a little bit of everything for you to stay up late. So while you're there, check out our S.O.R. Newswire, where our team brings you stories of the weird and strange to the WTF from around the globe. News on Bigfoot, UFOs, paranormal, Darwinian-type crime tales. It's the stories that the mainstream media usually won't touch. Well, we got them all on the S.O.R. Newswire, only
2: at SpacedOutRadio.com. Hey, Spaced Out Radio fans, it's John Resig, founder of the Chive and Chive Charities. Our goal is to make the life of veterans, first responders, and those with rare medical conditions 10% happier. We do this by donating one grant item, ranging from dance to therapy programs to prosthetic limbs, to those who need it most. To contribute to Spaced Out Radio's official charity, head over to chivecharities.org
4: and become a donor today. Get your horns up with me on Spaced Out Radio. This is Ron Bumblefoot Thaw. Come tune in to SOR where you can hear me rock out with Little Brother is Watching, the official theme song of Spaced Out Radio. And then come on over to Bumblefoot.com where you can find out about my tour schedule, my music, and everything else. Bumblefoot.com keeps you up to date on what I'm doing and the best way to stay in touch with my music and music camps. Sign up for my newsletter at Bumblefoot.com and remember, Little Brother is Watching.
8: Are you having encounters with the paranormal, supernatural, or ufological that you cannot explain? Look no further than the SOR Sightlines Report, brought to you by the Experiencer Support Association. This is Ryan Stacey, head of the Research Association, TESA. Soon on the Spaced Out Radio website, you will be able to file your reports and have them researched for you. We are independent and ready to help Spaced Out Radio listeners today.
6: hang out with spaced out radio where we own the night this is carl you can follow dave on twitter at spaced out radio and during the show use the hashtag spaced out radio to chat with us live on instagram at dave scott sor on facebook give our page a like spaced out radio show sor archives are free on youtube at spaced out radio come join us or i will come join you see you at your window the call of the
0: wild is in Vancouver. The Moose Vancouver is one of the hottest bars and restaurants in the city. Open until 2 a.m. nightly. The Moose will rock you like a hurricane all night long. Great food with everything on the menu at six ninety-five near the corner of Nelson and Granville. Get your horns up and come rock with us. The Moose Vancouver, the official rocking bar of Spaced Out Radio.
13: Visit purpleplates.com today. For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com.
10: For the price of one cup of coffee a month, you can become an SOR space traveler. The Space Travelers Club is a place where you can interact with other listeners, either live during the show or on our great forum. We want your stories, pictures, comments, and ideas. You'll get live video streams, exclusive content, and be a part of our newsletter. Stay in touch with everything SOR. The Space Travelers Club is just 5 bucks a month at spacedoutradio.com.
5: A little bit of science, a little bit of skepticism. Add a dash of snark and you have the makings of Spaced Out Sundays with me, Everett Theeway. Together we will look into the reality of the paranormal with an open eye and rational thought. Oh, did I mention there'll be plenty of woo as well? Your time spent with Spaced Out Sundays will make the night even better. The chat rooms are open, 9.06 p.m. Pacific, 12.06 a.m. Eastern, right here at SpacedOutRadio.com.
7: Hi there, this is Geraldine Roscoe from San Francisco's Bay Area Meditation. I invite you to join me the first Tuesday of every month with Dave Scott for Spaced Out Radio's The Spiritual You. In this fast-paced world we live in, it's time for you to take some time for you. We'll cover every possible subject from powerful meditation to healing techniques to your own intuition and spirituality. So come join us for The Spiritual You.
11: You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook's Spaced Out Radio Show. Welcome back to Hour 2
0: on Spaced Out Radio. Tonight, I am your host, Dave Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to give a shout-out to everybody listening in on KDNF AM 1560 in Dangerfield, Texas. WQEE 99.1 FM in in Georgia. UPRN 107.7 FM in New Orleans. In Reedsport, Oregon. AM 1030, KDU and down in Ridgecrest, California, KCFX, 93.7 FM. On the digital side, hi to everyone listening in on Bart L's Kingdom of Nye Radio and Revolution Radio. Great to have you with us. Remember, all of our archives are free at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Kakoiapi. I butchered that. Kakoipi. There we go. Kakoipi? I don't know what it is, but the clam sets a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Do a little shopping at the SOR Vault. Grab a book from one of our authors at We Read the Night. You could join the Space Travelers Club for 5 bucks a month. And, of course, Captain Shirk has you all up to date on the SOR Newswire. Author R.J. von Brüning is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. We are talking about his latest book, Unlocking the Dream Vision, The Secret History of Creation. It can be found on Amazon. R.J., welcome back. Thank
1: you for having me back.
0: Oh, no problem. Enjoying this. Enjoying this. Thoroughly. All right. Let's move on here. Uh, As we're continuing on with the fact that last half hour we kind of discussed the whole idea that you believe Revelation had already happened, how does this lead to the creation of
1: man? Well, that's getting back to the beginning of the story, and that's kind of the next interesting part about. Understanding this is you really kind of have to start at the beginning, even though we've been kind of jumping around here um, to kind of put it together. Um, one of the most important parts, like we already s- touched upon, was the dream vision starts with the same Adam and Eve story and goes on a little bit to explain how they mated with each other and things like that. The next important aspect, because up to this even in, within the Book of Enoch, uh, the gods, the angels, there's not very much contact with humanity. In fact, the Book of Enoch tells us that all there are is the watchers. These are angels who sit off in the distance, up in the sky on the mountaintops, and just watch humanity, hence their names, the watchers. It isn't until the most famous event, And the entire book of Enoch and what is most famously remembered for the fall of the angels or more specifically the fall of Lucifer, Uh, the gods coming to earth to live among humanity. And this is kind of the next step in understanding the symbolism. Like I was saying, it's just not animal symbolism. It also ties into other symbolism and give you an example where Enoch in the vision says, And again I saw my eyes as I slept, and I saw the heaven above. And behold, a star fell from heaven, and it arose and ate and pastured among those oxen. And after that I saw the large and black oxen, and behold, they all changed their stalls and pastures and their cattle, and began to live with one another. And again I saw in the vision, and I looked towards the heaven, and behold, I saw many stars descend and cast themselves down from heaven to that first star. This is basically the backbone of the whole book of Enoch. That's the main part of the whole story is the fall of the angels. And in this simple little passage we start learning the next part of the symbolism. A star fell from heaven. Well, Lucifer, and it's been kind of a big mystery to most people, is in, in Latin means morning star. So why was Lucifer, the angel that fell from heaven, referred to as the morning star? When you combine those two things together with the dream vision, it begins to make sense. He was the star that fell from heaven, and hence the morning meant that it had to have happened in the morning. And this is where these little details start building. The next thing is to understand that the symbolism of the star, we still use it today. You know, the most famous is the five-point pentagram that most people view as being some, some type of satanic object or symbol. And although that's how many people view it today, historically, it's always been used as a symbol of knowledge. Because one of the things that the fallen star brought to humanity, in which the book of Enoch goes into detail, is they brought knowledge to humanity. They freed humanity. In fact, it goes into some detail about how they freed humanity from basically an eternal slavery. And that's kind of another reason that the book of Enoch was removed, is, is it goes into the prelude before the fall in that humanity at one time was a slave to the gods and it paints their god in a very poor light makes him the bad guy and makes the fallen angel the good guy and that's kind of where some of this twisting of the story and kind of you start understanding why some of this has been removed and changed to fit certain sensibilities Uh, in the past when it was done. A lot of times it was done for political reasons or for social control reasons as our history books are full of those accounts. And, that's kind of the next step in the symbolism and the story just keeps building and building and building from there and that's the next part too is you realize that wow this is sounds very similar to the story of Zeus and the Olympians you know one star and then there was a whole bunch of other ones and that's another indication and a clue that The symbolism and these stories are actually all connected together and tied together. And the piece that's been missing is the symbolism, which is provided by the dream vision.
0: You also mentioned that, uh, according to the dream vision, that this esoteric religion is commonly known as a mystery religion. What do you mean by that?
1: Um a mystery religion, or is basically an esoteric. What does that mean? It means it's hidden. It's only for a small, select group that will understand or are interested in a particular type of doctrine. Um, <clears throat> and it's commonly known as a mystery religion because they deal with mysteries. And this is kind of a misnomer in. Modern times, we think of like mystery thriller, you know, the who done it, uh, who stole the the car, the kind of thing. But to medieval ages, to a thousand years ago, mystery was how did something work around you. It's basically more related to what we would call science today, instead of being something that's unknown. And that's kind of where you got to remember that a lot of this stuff that we have today came up in the middle ages. It's related to science. It's related to hidden histories. A lot of this was opposed. It was misunderstood. Um, You know, a thousand years ago, this information could get you burned at the stake. So it was hidden. It was kept away and only for basically people who were smart enough for it. And that's one of the more important aspects of the symbolism and how it's used, especially when you see it all around you in the modern world, it's many ways just a trail of breadcrumbs. It's how they recruit people into these different esoteric groups, these mystery religions, is they only want people who are smart enough and curious enough to notice the symbols, to start searching them, researching them, and following them, because they all end up leading you to the exact same place, and that will be standing in front of a Masonic Lodge.
0: I, 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 I'm struggling to tie the Masonic Lodge into this. That, that just seems so far-fetched to me.
1: It is. It, it does sound in the beginning, but they are the ones that use the symbolism. And they have done an excellent job of pretending that they're not actually a religion. They are. This is kind of the big secret and what their symbolism is and what's it mean, and what do they tell everybody behind closed doors is this hidden this hidden history of creation. It's this story, this symbolism. And that's kind of the other way, the other big secret on how I figured out some of this stuff is I realized that there was other people that already knew it. And all I had to do was pay attention to them and study their works and their writings and their publications. And that's where it kind of ties together. The Masons are the primary users of... The esoteric symbolism, the most famous of all symbolism, the great seal of the, uh, of the United States on the back of the dollar bill, the unfinished pyramid, that actually ties directly into this story. It actually comes directly from a set of verses contained within the dream vision. And it's actually a symbolic representation of the day Enoch was taken away from the generations of the earth. And that's how the symbolism holds the stories. But you can't ever know that unless you have the symbolism. If you have the dream vision, you have to have all the missing pieces. And that's how they keep it hidden.
0: Hmm. Okay. So the point of the the Masons hiding this and I'm assuming you could even say in the, in the far depths of the catacombs of, of the Vatican as well, hiding what they know. Is this all to keep humankind under control? Is it about, well, like, what is the purpose of hiding the true story of our creation?
1: I think it's just, you've hit the nail on the head. It's about control, it's about power, it's about keeping us under the thumb. because these beings that our ancient ancestors called gods and worshipped at gods and that today many people call aliens, they're still around. They're still influencing us. They're still hiding. They are incredibly advanced, but they're still influencing us. And one of the things that, I commonly bring up in conversation is that I believe the reason they hide is because if you spent any amount of time with these beings, you would quickly figure out who they were. And you would realize that they're the gods that our ancient ancestors spoke about. I think they're arrogant. I think they're, you know, they they have not been very nice to humanity throughout the centuries. Uh, They have been the cause of great suffering. And the added fact that they still hide and they still influence us, we still see them, we still see the stories, people report them, we get blurry photographs, they're there. And they try to hide it because everybody is controlling. It's it's about power. Because once you kind of know all of this, you kind of realize that everybody's kind of full of it and you don't need them. Kind of going back to the book of Enoch in that... It's a personal thing. You don't need these big, huge organizations. You can have a personal relationship with the divine and everything else you believe. You don't need them. And that's kind of probably one of the biggest threats of all this information is that people would realize they don't really need them. And if you don't need them, they're out of power.
0: Hmm. That almost sounds what we would consider in this side of belief as something satanic or evil worship?
1: In many ways it is. Um, That's the other thing about this is as you go farther through the dream vision and through the symbolism, you start discovering that things like saying satanic or evil or good or angelic, these terms lose a lot of their meaning uh, because they're used to demonize the other side they're they're more of a political propaganda tool much like how mudslinging goes on today which we're all so familiar with now and that some of these things have you know never changed i mean we we turn on the tv and we see it today it was the same stuff that was going on a thousand years ten thousand years ago a hundred thousand years ago people are just people and they tend to be greedy, they can be selfish, they can be shallow, they can be short-sighted. And this all kind of plays into that.
0: Hmm. Oh, this is just, for somebody like me, this is just so confusing. So confusing. <laughs> I mean, how do you... I'm I'm just trying to figure out how how I can forge my next question without sounding like a moron to you right now. I mean literally. I mean because in one breath we're saying that you know we have this beautiful institution which which is you know God in the heavens and the creation and everything that goes along with that, but in the next sentence we're saying that It may not be all it's cracked up to be, because over time, all of these different religions and groups and secret societies have tainted it with their own values and their own blood.
1: In a nutshell, yes. There's always a lot of duality, and there seems always in the beginning that there's a lot of contradictions but again as you go farther and deeper into the symbolism those disappear as you start learning just like learning that the bulls represent the first men or that the star represents lucifer that fell from the heavens those things build keep building and it starts building a Mosaic, You know, it's, it's almost like building a wall. You know, each brick, each part before builds, the next part builds upon them what comes before. And by the time you get to the end, you have this beautiful picture. And then that's where you can start realizing of where people throughout history have gone in and ripped out sections because it – pulled too much information or it went against what they thought was true at the time or that they had some political agenda and that's where I think you know coming back to the more of the historical aspect is being able to see what was removed allows you to kind of have a better understanding of why it was removed what people were arguing about And some of these things are pretty archaic to us today, but they were really important 500 years ago or 1,000 years ago. But today they're not. And I think that's where a lot of this information needs to be brought back into the public eye. I don't agree with secret societies or the church or the Catholic Church in the Vatican hiding this information or keeping it messed up and manipulated so people's not quite – know what's going on in fact i think a lot of times they're driven by fear that they're so locked in that they can't think of another system that it's okay that people know this stuff you know we're not going to be burning people to stake we're not going to be rioting in the streets you know because it's not going to really change life you know if you find out that the gods were really real does it change your life no and it really doesn't you know it doesn't make the wash any whiter. it doesn't pay the bills (laughs) so the influence i think or the impact will not be as dramatic as so many people are afraid of and it's kind of going back to the old thing that you're only afraid of things you don't understand and that's the other thing too is how they kind of keep this going they keep it hidden and you know kind of make it spooky by demonizing it and using a cult you know that's probably a a great word that they always use a cult the word simply means hidden but most people think of Satanism or witchcraft and all these spooky things where in reality it's really nothing like that that's just the definition the church put forward to demonize it because it's a competitor
0: hmm Okay, so as we got about three and a half minutes before we got to go to break here at the bottom of the hour, this makes me want to go back then. And I know we're jumping around here, but let's go back to the book of Genesis, you know, with Adam and Eve, the serpent, the apple, you know, where we blame Eve for everything that us men have to face against the tougher, stronger women in this world.
1: And that's one of the things, too, is you realize one of the first things right out of the gate is that story is not really correct. In fact, the dream vision overlooks that. Uh, In fact, it's not even a factor in the story. The whole corruption of man comes with The fall of the angels or the fall of the watchers as Enoch refers to them and that's one of those little aspects where you once you start learning you realize that that was added in at some later date to demonize to oppress women because it's not actually in the original story the corruption of humanity comes from the fallen angels not from Eve Eve didn't Get us banned from the Garden of Eden and stuff. Those were all added in at some later date. And that's the other thing that is the big thing about the Book of Enoch and the Dream Vision is many of these traditional interpretations, you discover are not correct or that they've been altered. And you can see where, oh, well, at some point they were starting to oppress women. And, you know, if you go back and you look in history, you see that, like in ancient Mesopotamia, men and women were essentially equal. But by the end of that civilization, women were starting to be oppressed, starting to be pushed out of political and economic powers, and you can see everything becoming male dominated. Much like how you see early Christianity. At the very beginning, men and women are pretty much equal. It isn't until after the church, the Vatican's established, where women are really kind of pushed down and starting to be oppressed and not being part of the leadership where in the early church they were. And it's just kind of one of those simple little things of human society where you can see it within this story. And that's the next step, Is that, and that brings it a little closer to believability and understanding it because it is very human and you can relate to all of this.
0: Hmm. So there was no Apple. She didn't Most mean,
1: likely not, not from the perspective of the dream vision and the book of Enoch.
0: Wow. That's heavy. Like seriously heavy. I mean, we have to, uh, We have to take a look at that, because if that is true, as we got about 25 seconds here before we go to break, that totally changes the entire conscript of almost every major religion in the
12: world.
1: And that is only the starting point for the rest of the dream vision. It consistently and constantly does that all the way through.
0: On that note, R.J., I'm going to get you to hold on right now because we are going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. Author R.J. Von Bruning is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. We are talking about his latest book, Unlocking the Dream Vision, The Secret History of Creation. It can be found on Amazon right now. It's only like $7.56 on Kindle. Worth a read indeed. We'll be back with more right after this.
3: From the heartlands of canada to beards around the world we know how to take care of you fill your follicles with the mighty moose beard oil all our oils and bombs are handmade and 100% natural ingredients because we care about your beard and hey use the promo code sor 2019 and get your mighty Moose beard oil today you can check us out on our website mightymoosebeard.com
2: move over brother
9: and let me own saturday night this is rich giordano and i'm inviting you to tune on in to spaced out saturday starting at 9 p.m pacific 12 a.m eastern where i'm going to bust open the lids on everything paranormal why because we want answers and i'm the guy who's going to deliver those answers to you join the chat rooms and we'll see you this saturday just be there no really
10: Hey, everybody. The SOR Space Travelers is open. For just five bucks a month, you can hang out with Dave and our crew privately in our members-only section. With your signing, you'll receive newsletters on what's going on with Spaced Out Radio. You'll have direct contact with the host during the show in our chat, live streaming videos, and a great forum for your posts and more. Become a space traveler now at spacedoutradio.com.
7: You wanted new SOR gear, and now you can have it. The SOR Vault is fully stocked with t-shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and everything in between with great logos for you to choose from. So head on over to spacedoutradio.com, click on the SOR Vault, and go shopping. Pricing is quite affordable, and you can look good representing your favorite show. So go to our website and pick up your new SOR wear at the SOR Vault today.
0: Heading to Vancouver and looking for a night on the town? The Moose Vancouver is the bar that never stops rocking until 2 a.m. every night. The Moose has great food with everything on the menu from 6.95 to 8.95, fantastic vibrant staff and rock and roll that will bring you back to when the music was real, the hair was long and the guitars were rocking. Get your party on at The Moose Vancouver, the official party bar of Spaced Out Radio.
7: We're adding to the entertainment online for Spaced Out Radio. I'm Amber Beckard, and I want to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and check out Cryptid Tales, where I will take you on a journey into some of the strangest legends and lore from around the world, relaying the stories to you of the strange creatures and experiences that people have had throughout time. You can find Cryptid Tales at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. And while you're there, don't forget to check out our free archives and leave a comment. See you there.
4: Hello, this is your guitar man, Ron Bumblefoot-Thaw, and I have to tell you, I love the response I get for Little Brother is Watching from Spaced Out Radio fans. It's amazing how music can inspire and make people think deeper about what's going on in the supernatural world. You can head over to my website, bumblefoot.com, to check out my music, my guitar workshops, my touring, even check out some of the hot sauces that I'm working on. And make sure you keep on listening, because with Spaced Out Radio, you know Little Brother is Watching.
6: Every night on Space Out Radio, we have places for you to hang out. Hi, this is Carl. Join our SOR Space Travelers group on Facebook for live chat. On Twitter, using hashtag Spaced Out Radio, you can also join us in our Spreaker chat room. Check us out on Instagram at Dave Scott S O R. All of our archives are free on YouTube at Spaced Out Radio. By the way, I'll be watching you at your window until you do. Bye!
0: Looking for something new to push your limits? Look Beyond the Spectrum, a new docu-series featuring some of the best researchers in the world when it comes to everything from UFOs, government cover-ups, and Bigfoot in the forest. Truth-seekers like Steve Bassett, Dr. Jeff Meldrum, Richard Dolan, as well as others, all chip in to bring their knowledge to you. Beyond the Spectrum can be found on Amazon as well as Tubi TV. Tell us what you think on our Amazon page.
5: Finish off your weekend and kick off your new week with me, Everett Themer, right here on Spaced Out Sundays. I'm going to bring you great guests, a little bit of snark, and plenty of information to think about. But don't worry, there's going to be plenty of woo as well. We are going to hit everything in the paranormal and supernatural, including the odd psychic Sundays. So tune us in on Sunday, 9.06 p.m. Pacific, 12.06 a.m. Eastern, right here at SpacedOutRadio.com.
13: Visit purpleplates.com today. For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com.
11: Looking for a place to advertise at a very reasonable cost? Look no further than Spaced Out Radio. SpacedOutRadio.com has an advertising tab that you can click to check out our daily, weekly, and monthly packages to play on the radio or our website, including social media. From commercial spots to banners, we have it all. Check out our competitive pricing today.
2: Hey, space travelers, this is John Rezig, founder of the Chive and Chive Charities. If you know anything about our website, you'd know we like to do things a little differently. We're not some faceless organization collecting money for a nebulous cause. Our donor dollars go directly toward life-improving items. Then we give those items directly to an underdog who needs it most. To become a donor with Spaced Out Radio's official charity, Chive Charities, just go to chivecharities.org forward slash donate.
0: We pass the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR Headquarters. Glad to have each and every one of you with us. Reminder that... If you've missed portions of this show or others, you can always check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is SpacedOutRadio.com where we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, do a little shopping at the SOR Vault, grab a book from We Read the Night. You can join the Space Travelers Club for five bucks a month. And of course, Captain Shirk has our news updated each and every day. Tonight we are talking with author R.J. von Bruning. And, yes, what an interesting night indeed as we go through the occult symbolism. You name it, we're, we're going down that road tonight. His book is Unlocking the Dream Vision, the Secret History of Creation. It can be found on Amazon right now. R.J., welcome back. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, so right before the break, you kind of, you know, Give me a little bit of a shaking here saying, you know, the creation of man, did, you know, didn't really uh, go up to what we have learned and that Adam of Eve weren't really real. There was no apple. There was no serpent. Snakes are still bad, though, because they're just gross. Anyways, we'll leave it at that. All right. Let's move on here. Okay. As we go through Genesis and we go through everything, we come to the flood. Did the flood happen? Because yes. history shows that it
12: did.
1: Yes. yes. From the dream vision and through the symbolism and with conjunction of the Bible and also with the book of Enoch himself, it uh, goes into quite a bit of detail onto the flood, the building of the ark, and etc. The thing is, is, I put forward that this flood did actually happen, and within the dream vision it radically changes the timeline and this is kind of one of the first points within it where you can kind of start nailing a date down and that, according to the story, the vast majority of humanity was wiped out. And if we look back through the genetic record, we see that approximately 72,000 BC that humanity had a genetic bottleneck and almost went extinct. And if we take the assumption that that extinction and the flood story are connected, or are related in some way. It sounds a little crazy in the beginning, but as with everything with the symbolism, the dream vision. As you go farther in, into the story, you start seeing that those dates may be the correct ones, and that that we already do have the evidence that we did bottleneck. We almost went extinct, and we have an ancient story that recorded this.
6: Ah,
0: so what happened to all the animals when the flood happened? Was there (laughs) islands that that survived?
1: That's the next important thing, is where you start learning about the flood within the dream vision. It has a very important, in fact, it's verse 3 of chapter eighty nine and where Enoch is describing what he sees for the flood, after he sees the ark being built, and he just as with the Bible, he says, and again I raised my eyes toward heaven, and I saw a lofty roof with seven t- water torrents there- thereon, and those torrents flowed with much water into an enclosure. And again I saw and behold fountains were opened up on the surface of that great enclosure and the water began to swell and rise upon the surface and I saw that enclosure till all its surface was covered with water and the water the darkness and the mist increased upon it and I looked at the height of the water and the water had risen above the height of that enclosure and it was streaming over that enclosure and stood upon the earth. You're told very clearly right here that we're not talking about the whole world. We're actually, he's describing an enclosure. In fact, he even refers to it as an enclosure. If we look on a map and just kind of go, where in the world 70,000 years ago could an enclosure be located? And the funny part is, is it's always been right in front of our face. The Mediterranean basin. During the last ice age, it was not really an ocean. It was pretty much a massive, huge valley with lakes in the bottom being fed from rivers falling down. And that's, actually there's more evidence to back that up from the fall of the angels, which we kind of skipped over, that points in that direction that the flood is actually remembering the flooding of the Mediterranean basin at some point in ancient times. So it wasn't the whole world that was flooded. So all the rest of the life on the planet really had survived. It was just that the people were all in that area, and for them, that was their entire world. Just like up until before modern times, you know, the average person never got more than five or six miles away from the place they were born. So the so their worlds were very small. So if you were living in the Mediterranean Basin and it got flooded, you thought the entire world got flooded. And this idea has been put forward too with the formation of the Black Sea. It's just that the dream vision in the Book of Enoch and the symbolism suggests that it was a much larger area and seems to point toward the Mediterranean basin.
0: All right. So with that, where did the animals come from? Where did they hide? Lions, Um, tigers, bears, giraffes, emus.
1: Like we were saying before, that assumption of talking about animals weren't animals. They were just a small group of humans that survived through the ark. After the flood was over, after the Mediterranean was filled, essentially, and the waters had stabilized, it came aground somewhere in that area, and the people left and went out and started repopulating the earth. So, like I said before, since the actual flood was not worldwide and that the, the story is not actually referring to animals, it's actually people. And that's kind of one of the misconceptions and another little example of how the symbolism hides the story within the literal story. All
0: right. That's a lot of, that had to be a lot of land to keep all of the animals safe, though, almost like Pangea.
1: Possibly, but I think in the reality and the Book of Enoch points toward the fact that the numbers of humans alive at the time and in the area was much, much lower. We are probably talking maybe only a few, you know, 10, 20, maybe 100,000 people tops. Uh, So any animals or anything that were living in the basin when it was flooded were most likely killed. But there would have been other species and animals all living on the dry land all around. Again, like I said, the big key is, is that the world, the flood was not worldwide. So there was lots and lots of dry land. If you were living in Japan at the time, you would have not had any clue that it even happened.
0: Hmm. I'm sure you would have with the influx of deadly animals coming at you. Could be. Hmm. Satan, real then?
1: In a way, um, you discover that Satan, as most people know, means adversary. And you start discovering throughout the symbolism and through the book of Enoch that Lucifer and Satan are actually two different entities, two different beings, and are actually talking about two different parts of the story. That's the other big problem in trying to understand a lot of this and where it confuses a lot of people is many of the stories and interpretations that we have are more or less in the wrong order. So we have events that we think happened in the beginning actually occurred closer to the end. We have events that we think happened in the middle that actually happened in the beginning. And that Like I said, adds to the confusion, and that's where the dream vision helps out so much because it starts – it gives you a step-by-step outline, taking you through the creation of man to the fall of the angels and the corruption of man to the reconquest of earth and the flood. And then the rebuilding afterwards, Uh, like I said, following almost lockstep with the Bible, but with additional information, with the books that have been removed – You kind of know what's going on. And like I said, a lot of the mystery just starts disappearing uh, and the arguments start disappearing. And you start realizing that people are kind of pointed in the wrong direction. And again, that comes back to the secret of the symbolism and the allegory. If you don't understand it, you can get very easily confused within the story.
0: Okay, so the difference between Satan and Lucifer in English terms is what?
1: Um, Lucifer is was the the,
0: fallen angel
1: was the fallen angel that originally corrupted man Satan actually in the dream vision more or less is the enemy that comes at the end of the story Uh, in fact you discover that what we call Satan is really referred to as also remembered as the great red dragon and then you also learn that, like I said before, that many of these great creatures were actually machines. They were technologies being used by the gods, but our ancestors were misinterpreting it and they couldn't understand it. That's kind of the next important thing about this is understanding that by going so far, we're back in time that we're not really dealing with us. We're dealing with our immediate ancestor, Cro-Manglin man. And one of the things you start discovering is that his thinking process was much different. And I go into some detail into the book and give you a number of examples. But it appears that he, on average, was unable to comprehend technology. That they, on everything else, was just as smart as we were. Uh, you know, they, they could read, they could write, they could do just about everything. But when it came to technology, they couldn't understand it. So if, to give you an example, if you were to show them a modern day car and to them, it would be a living creature because it did everything a living creature did. it It moved, it had four wheels, it moved around. It was real fast, like a leopard. It had a big, huge body. It was hard. It was tough, like a bear. The headlights and stuff looked like uh, eyeballs and stuff. It had a face of a man. It slept. It roared. It made noise. It had to be fed. All of a sudden, this car becomes a living creature. And that's kind of the real important aspect. And like I said, I go into great detail into the book about trying to explain this on how our ancestors couldn't understand certain things that they might be able to use the technology in fact my wife who works with uh, people with disabilities and stuff we've often commented that people with autism can be can do a great number of things but there are certain things that they just are unable to comprehend technology, you know, trying to show them how a microchip works. No matter what you do, they will never, ever comprehend it. But they could use the technology. They, they know what it does, but they don't understand it. And in many ways, this is how our cro man ancestor was. And so his perception was – his thinking was slightly different. And that also adds to the confusion but at the same time, once you know that, it helps explain a lot of the symbolism and the meaning behind it. And again, in the book, I go into detail explaining that.
0: What about the fallen angels? What happened to them?
1: They eventually were punished. Um, it doesn't say too much detail in the book of Enoch and the dream vision. But the tradition is, is that the original fallen angels after the flood, after the world had been liberated from their rule, that they were punished. They were stripped of their powers. They were cast out of heaven and they were doomed to walk the earth as demons and damned souls. Um, They were, in in essence, exiled back to Earth. Um, In time, most of them most likely died. Uh, That's the other aspect, too, is where you start getting into this, is you start realizing about halfway through that you're actually dealing with a civilization, a very advanced civilization, like I said before, similar to, like most people would say, with ancient aliens, and that... A lot of these stories are our ancestors watching these events unfold while they're trying to put meaning to and understanding to it. And so where they say they see a god, this god may not actually be a being or anything. It may be a real physical object. It may be a ship. It may be an illusion. It could be as simple as a piece of technology of a magic mirror where if you look at your computer, you're looking at a magical mirror. That's how our ancestors would perceive it. So it helps understanding all that to put all this, the rest of this kind of back into place that it's not confusing or anything. You just have to understand kind of the direction these people are coming from.
0: So with the fallen angels, did they go to hell? Is there a hell?
1: That's kind of where the other big clincher is, is along with the destruction 13,000 years ago, everything of this world of the heaven, the hell, all the structures, everything they had built was more or less destroyed, gone. So from this perspective, at one time, there was a hell but it would most likely does not exist anymore. And that's where the other aspect and where it really kind of will mess with people's religious sensibilities is that many things that are perceived as being spiritual or kind of beyond you start discovering that they are more of a misunderstanding and a mistake and misinterpretation on our part by not understanding the symbolism and the actual meaning of it. So we're actually misinterpreting the stories.
0: Hmm. So of about demons? Are they real?
1: Our ancestors would say yes. Uh, I would say no. I would say that all these creatures, beings and stuff, they were actually at one time living physical beings, just as real as you and I, um, their tech, their magic, their divine powers were more or less technology that was not understood. This gave them power. They used it. Um, it's pretty clear and it's been put forward by many people that it appears that they clearly exploited our ancestry and are probably still exploiting us to this day. And that... Much of, like I said before, much of all that world is a misinterpretation. They're not really roaming the earth and trying to corrupt people and things like that. Um, But I still am totally open that there are other phenomenon that we don't quite understand to help explain things like possession and things that do seem to point in that direction.
0: What about the minions or or some of these evil things that people are seeing, especially on paranormal investigations or poltergeists or something along those lines?
1: I think in the case, in all these cases, that these creatures, these beings, these gods, as they were once known, are, and that is explained through the book in great detail, especially toward the end, that They are just incredibly highly technologically advanced, that their technology is so advanced that it appears to be like magic to us. And that is the other thing is is that we don't understand it. We see something strange. We perceive it as a paranormal activity. Um, My background in electrical industry, I'm kind of a – I, I kind of make people mad when it comes to ghosts and poltergeists and things like that because the vast majority of those things can be explained with electrical problems and electromagnetic fields and stuff when you know I see these shows where the guy's walking around with a magnetometer in the house and the needle's bouncing all over the place. You don't have a ghost, you have an electrical well, you have a wiring problem. You need to call an electrician, <laughs> not a ghostbuster. And <clears throat> that, too, is kind of an example where there's misinterpretation, there's misunderstanding, and people filling in the blanks with their own imagination, their own wants, and their own needs.
0: Mm-hmm. We only got about two minutes here, two and a half minutes before we go to break at the top of the hour, and then we have you for another half hour on this show. But I'm, I'm curious why you continue to use the the word gods in plural, when for most people there is only one God?
1: That's more of a habit for me. It's because as you go through this, you start discovering that the God of the Bible is just one of many, that it is not really a monotheistic system. That is something that was imposed later on. In the beginning, there's many gods, and then this is even actually spoken of in the book of Genesis on a close reading. You'll see little references where, you know, God's talking about other gods. He refers to themselves as we uh, if you get into the Jewish traditions and stuff, you will discover that there's actually a council of gods and that the Lord God is more or less the king or the leader of this God, of this group, which seems very similar to, like, Greek mythology and stuff. And that's the other kind of neat thing about this is, again, getting back to how the symbolism and these stories you start learning are actually all interconnected. And that's where people have a lot hard time, especially in the beginning, to go, well, wait a second. What do you mean? This God of the Bible has something to do with the gods of Mount Olympus. Uh, you know, you're crazy. It, it doesn't go that way, but it actually does. It's, and that's the next kind of one of the other tricks of the symbolism, showing you this connection.
0: Hmm. So with that connection, is that built into every human who has belief then?
1: In a way, Um, it, I don't know if it's really built into us or if it's just that it's that much of our culture. Uh, you know, it's just, we pass it down. We keep these stories. Uh, they provide many people with comfort. They are great to speculate about, you know, they have always been a very important part, you know, kind of like, I don't know, like a, like a philosopher would say we are kind of a religious spiritual creature, um. And we kind of need these things and want these things. And I think it's also part of just the journey that we all kind of take in trying to figure all this craziness out. And it doesn't help if you have people trying to screw with you while you're doing that.
0: Very true. R.J., I'm going to get you to hold on right there. We're going to go to break at the top of the hour. We got him for another 30 minutes. Author R.J. Von Bruning as we talk. About this great book of his called Unlocking the Dream Vision The Secret History of Creation. Then the SOR Newswire and the thought of the day to round things out. We'll be back.
3: We all know on Spaced Out Radio we love a good beard and mustache. So why not take care of your facial hair with Mighty Moose Beard Oil? Made in Canada. We're taking care of beards and stashes around the world. We use 100% natural ingredients with our oils and balms to make your whiskers feel silky smooth. Use promo code SOR2019 at MightyMooseBeard.com today.
5: A little bit of science, a little bit of skepticism. Add a dash of snark and you have the makings of spaced out Sundays with me, EvertheneRod. Together we will look into the reality of the paranormal with an open eye and rational thought. Oh, did I mention there'll be plenty of woo as well? Your time spent with Spaced Out Sundays will make the night even better. The chat rooms are open, 9.06 p.m. Pacific, 12.06 a.m. Eastern, right here at
0: SpacedOutRadio.com. At SpacedOutRadio.com, we have a little bit of everything for you to stay up late. So while you're there, check out our S.O.R. Newswire, where our team brings you stories of the weird and strange to the WTF from around the globe. News on Bigfoot, UFOs, paranormal, Darwinian-type crime tales. It's the stories that the mainstream media usually won't touch. Well, we got them all on the S.O.R. Newswire, only at SpacedOutRadio.com.
7: The SOR Vault is open for business, and do we have some cool swag for you to pick up. All you have to do is head over to our website and click on the SOR Vault. You have a variety of cool logos to choose from, and put them on anything you want. T-shirts, hoodies, hats, coffee mugs, you name it, we can get it to you. So do your shopping by supporting the store you love. Get your spaced out radio swag at the SOR Vault today.
13: Visit purpleplates.com today. For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com.
10: For the price of one cup of coffee a month, you can become an SOR Space Traveler. The Space Travelers Club is a place where you can interact with other listeners, either live during the show or on our great forum. We want your stories, pictures, comments, and ideas. You'll get live video streams, exclusive content, and be a part of our newsletter. Stay in touch with everything SOR. The Space Travelers Club is just 5 bucks a month at spacedoutradio.com.
0: Heading to Vancouver and looking for a night on the town? The Moose Vancouver is the bar that never stops rocking until 2 a.m. every night. The Moose has great food with everything on the menu from $6.95 to $8.95. Fantastic, vibrant staff and rock and roll that will bring you back to when the music was real, the hair was long, and the guitars were rocking. Get your party on at The Moose Vancouver, the official party bar of Spaced Out Radio.
6: Every night on Space Out Radio, we have places for you to hang out. Hi, this is Carl. Join our SOR Space Travelers group on Facebook for live chat. On Twitter, using hashtag Spaced Out Radio, you can also join us in our Spreaker chat room. Check us out on Instagram at DaveScottSOR. All of our archives are free on YouTube at Spaced Out Radio. By the way, I'll be watching you at your window until
13: you do. Bye! A timepiece is a reflection of who you are. And what better way to show off the real you than with an escape watch? Escape is a lifestyle brand accessorizing your days and nights. Choose to escape and create the life of discovery that you deserve. Dream, play, unite with your own personalized escape watch. Head to escapewatches.com. There is no time like the present to enjoy your escape. Use promo code SMF2017 for your 20% discount today.
11: Looking for a place to advertise at a very reasonable cost? Look no further than Spaced Out Radio. SpacedOutRadio.com has an advertising tab that you can click to check out our daily, weekly, and monthly packages to play on the radio or our website, including social media. From commercial spots to banners, we have it all. Check out our competitive pricing today.
2: Move over, brother!
9: let me own saturday night this is rich giordano and i'm inviting you to tune on in to spaced out saturday starting at 9 p.m pacific 12 a.m eastern where i'm going to bust open the lids on everything paranormal why because we want answers and i'm the guy who's going to deliver those answers to you join the chat rooms and we'll see you this saturday just be there no really
7: We're adding to the entertainment online for Spaced Out Radio. I'm Amber Beckard, and I want to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and check out Cryptid Tales, where I will take you on a journey into some of the strangest legends and lore from around the world, relaying the stories to you of the strange creatures and experiences that people have had throughout time. You can find Cryptid Tales at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. And while you're there, don't forget to check out our free archives and leave a comment. See you there.
2: Hey, Space Travelers, this is John Resig, founder of the Chive and Chive Charities. If you know anything about our website, you'd know we like to do things a little differently. We're not some faceless organization collecting money for a nebulous cause. Our donor dollars go directly toward life-improving items. Then we give those items directly to an underdog who needs it most. To become a donor with Spaced Out Radio's official charity, Chive Charities, just go to chivecharities.org forward slash donate.
4: Hello, this is your guitar man, Ron Bumblefoot Thaw, and I have to tell you, I love the response I get for Little Brother is Watching from Spaced Out Radio fans. It's amazing how music can inspire and make people think deeper about what's going on in the supernatural world. You can head over to my website, bumblefoot.com, to check out my music, my guitar workshops, my touring, even check out some of the hot sauces that I'm working on. And make sure you keep on listening, because with Spaced Out Radio, you know Little Brother is Watching.
11: You like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now back to Dave Scott
12: and S O R.
0: Welcome back to the third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott. Appreciate you all tuning in, especially if you're listening in on WQEE 99.1 FM in in Georgia. KDUN AM 1030 in Reedsport, Oregon. KZFX 93.7 FM in Ridgecrest, California. KDNF AM 1560 in Dangerfield, Texas. And UPRN 107.7 FM in New Orleans. On the digital side, we're proud to broadcast on Kingdom of Nye Radio and Radio. Radio. Remember, all of our archives are free at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Kakoapi Kakoopi is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as a clam. Sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, do a little shopping at the SOR Vault, join the Space Travelers Club for five bucks a month, pick up a great book at We Read the Night, and Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire is updated daily. For the final time tonight, we introduce author R.J. von Bruning. His latest book, Unlocking the Dream Vision, The Secret History of Creation. Rattling and ruffling feathers all over the place but that's what he likes, that's what he wants to do make you think, RJ welcome back to the show
1: oh great being here
0: it's been interesting to say the least my friend, interesting to say the least, in regards to uh, right before the break we were talking about oh little things like the devil paranormal, you know demons, whatever the hell they are, now let's get to it, let's have some fun in regards to the fact that uh, we also talked about that you pluralize God instead of God. So for a lot of people out there, I'm just reading the chat rooms, you know, a lot of people are like, what is this guy talking about? What's he trying to get at? Do you want to explain a little bit? Because we didn't have much time.
1: Well, it is. The big problem is is we've really gotten ahead of ourselves. <laughs> um, the big problem is, is this kind of takes a step-by-step process all the way through. Now, the duality of the gods is where I think people may be confusing, is is and didn't do a very good job of explaining that, is that in the beginning, the earliest, the oldest stories, they are always a plurality of gods. And even within the book of Genesis, um, scholars and even theologians and stuff, that the Lord God of the Bible wasn't the only God right in the beginning. It wasn't until later on he becomes the God, the only God. Now, I don't really go into any detail on why that happens, because the dream vision just kind of naturally carries through on that. And once you start combining, pulling in these other Um, mythologies and starting to see how they connect together again you start seeing it starts developing an entirely new picture of who the gods were how they were structured how they were interacting with humanity and again that most of our traditional religious interpretations of these books are more or less misinterpretations, Uh, and it's primarily because we're missing pieces of information. And that's getting back to, for the dream vision, is it is a detailed outline of the entire biblical story. So you get details that aren't normally – most people normally don't have access to or have ever thought of or even knew that they were missing, Probably one of the biggest missing sections of the entire story is that right after the destruction of the first temple, you have the Bible kind of just starts talking with prophets and this stuff up until the New Testament. Through the dream vision, you learn that that was actually the beginning of a war, a war that continues on, and that eventually ends up being the War of Armageddon. But that whole section has been removed, all the details. You start discovering these new characters that are referred to as only as the shepherds that are sent to look over humanity, and they start slaughtering a huge section of humanity. And again, it kind of goes back to why was this piece removed? Because the Lord God of the Bible is basically kind of painted as the bad guy. And again, you can start seeing that there's more than one player. And as you get closer to the end of the story, you start realizing and start discovering that a lot of these things are human interpretation of political situations and that there are political things going on between the gods that our ancestors really don't quite understand. And that just kind of helps add to the confusion. That's why it's so critical to kind of take the book and read the book is because it takes you through step by step by step. So this wondering why there's this duality, while you're saying there's one God and then there's many God and stuff, you will discover who each one of these identities are and where they fit into the overall story and what is missing. And that's kind of the big key piece is that, most people are missing information. And that's what this does is help fill those gaps back in. And a lot of that mystery and confusion just disappears as you read it.
0: Hmm. Okay. I'm just trying to put this all together and my brain is not working as fast as I would like it to on this because it just comes to so many different questions. So many different questions. So the first question that I have is, when I hear you say the word gods, I think of Greek or Roman mythology, where there was gods of literally everything, you know, from love to thunder to water to absolutely everything. Is that kind of where you're leaning towards this? Is the in mythos ways, of it all?
1: In, yes, in many ways, into the whole mythos. You start discovering <clears throat> where some of these gods are really important and where other ones are may or may not be more or less made up. You know, they're kind of like an advertising character like today. You know, they're, they're more of an abstract thought, not an actual real thing. Um, in fact, it's inter- interesting that you kind of bring that back up because I am working on a new book that hopefully will be out next year sometime that kind of goes into more detail on – how the structure of the gods were put together and kind of how our ancestry was perceiving them and how they changed over time. So you start discovering that one that although one god may have different names, you know, kind of like uh in uh, to use Greek and Roman that uh Zeus and Jupiter are the same god. Basically, just a different name, and that—that's kind of one of the things you start discovering through the mythos and the mythologies and the symbolism, that you're really—they're all basically talking about the same things, just with different names and different details, and that kind of adds to the confusion. So sometimes. You know, it may seem like you have multiple gods, but the re- the truth is, you only have one god, and you have multiple names and multiple mythologies, and that just kind of adds to the confusion. And that mm-hmm. Jews and Christians keep a much more monotheistic viewpoint, but they're still open. Like I said, even even if you go to the Ten Commandments says, you will have no other gods before me. You know, already there, it's referring that there are other gods. They're acknowledging that there are other ones. But their identities and stuff change with time.
0: All right. So how did people change then?
1: Mainly through the influence of the gods. Um, One of the biggest things about all of this is getting back to saying, the book of revelations has already happened that there was a great destruction. And we're told in those stories too, that the gods ended up saving a number of people. Uh, For Christians, these were the true believers Uh, uh, for other more traditional or pagan like These were the people who were the most devout to their particular God. They were the ones that were saved from this great destruction while the rest We're all allowed to die. And it sounds kind of horrible, but again, as you get through the story, you start realizing it's a civilization. You're starting to realize that there's real life factors like space and resources and energy and you know, how do you provide for people? Can you save? You know How many people can you save out of a huge destruction? Because there are limits that although our ancestors viewed these as all-powerful gods, we know in our modern day and age that any technologically advanced society is still going to have some type of limitations. You still can only grow so much food. You can only mine so much material. And that there's always a possibility that those things can be destroyed, wiped out, or used up.
0: Hmm. question coming from the SOR Space Travelers Club on our website from Trip, who is asking, what about the story then of somebody like Mary Magdalene?
1: The <clears throat> Dream Vision and I myself, I don't really go into that type of detail on this um, for the individual characters like that. Um, but that is a good one. I might add it to the new book. And that's kind of where I think there might be some confusion with some of the listeners and people is that, again, this is more of an outline, and there are some details that are just not gone into. From the perspective of the dream vision and the overview of it, it's those small details aren't important to the larger part of the story. That's more or less why they weren't added in. And uh, are not that great of a factor. One of the things that through the dream vision, kind of bringing up Mary Mary Magdalene and then Jesus Christ, is through the dream vision and through the symbolism, you will discover that Jesus Christ was just one of 16 separate Savior gods. And the only reason you don't know about the other 15 is because the Catholic Church and then later the Protestant Churches have gone out of their way to destroy all of it. The only ones most people have ever heard of is Mithros and maybe Krishna. But there's a whole host of other ones. And what makes these individuals so unique is they all lived exact mirror lives of each other, even though they were spread out all around the world. And that's kind of a little insight to show that the information's been changed, stuff has been removed, stuff has been changed, um, edited out, and just by discovering that Jesus is just one of 16 savior gods radically alters the story and raises even more philosophical and religious questions and things like that, and Again, a lot of those things disappear as you go through the entire book and take the story step by step with each little detail. The first few times, especially the first time, like you were saying, this is hard for you to get your brain around. The esoteric disinformation is pretty overwhelming the first time, and it can sound a little out there, if not crazy. I even kind of go into that a little bit into the book. Explaining that it's essentially set up this way. Not only do you use the animal symbolism, but the first parts of the story are exaggerated. And it's to make it harder for people to want to believe it. It's to discourage you. And it's not until you get kind of past that you understand that all oh, that was to distract me that was to sound crazy it was to make me think that this was crazy that there's really nothing here again the whole key of this is to protect and hide information from people who are not into it or not part of the elect not part of the esoteric.
0: this almost sounds like it's a, a lead-up to what we would consider today as the illuminati
1: Uh, This is more or less the backbone of their belief system that's hidden within those groups. And it's – the key back comes back to the symbolism. Like I said before, you follow the symbolism. You end up in the same place. You end up with these individuals because they're the ones that use this symbolism. And it has a huge influence. It's – Also, too, it plays off just the little human psychology that once you get initiated and stuff that you have a secret, you know, I know something you don't know kind of thing. And those little psychological tricks have a big factor in just human behavior. And that's kind of helps keep them hidden and how they keep the information to themselves and they don't advertise it. And then when you, if you do happen to stumble upon it, they can kind of blow it off because, like you said earlier, there's a duality. There's an overwhelming duality in all of this. And that's another level and layer to help hide this information. And it's the other thing, too, is you learn, as I tell you in the first of the book, that you discover, too, that historically that some of the greatest minds in human history helped develop this system. It wasn't put together by a bunch of quacks or religious people or anything. These were scholars. They were scribes. They were leaders. They were great thinkers. Um, and… They've always kind of been there, you know, even all the way back to the Greeks, like the school of Pythagoras and things that's what this this information this occult information this hidden information it's knowledge, it's technology, it's science, it's mathematics it's the occult
0: Wow, now does this follow a bloodline?
1: traditionally it has. It has. I go into a little bit on the structure of some of these groups. Uh, Since you mentioned the Illuminati, they're kind of popular and wealth. And I do go into some detail on them and their destruction. What's really important about that group is not so much that it doesn't really exist anymore. It's that its influence lived on. The ideas and ideals that they brought up and formed Although the organization died, those ideas continued on. And one of the things that continued on and one of the things that they work off is using the symbolism and this hidden story, this little secret. And again, going back to human psychology and stuff, this way you feel that you know something nobody else does. And... The other wild part is is this information is used against everybody because you don't quite understand the past. And it also keeps people looking in the wrong directions, archaeologically, historically, because you're not aware of certain connections. You're not aware that certain locations may be wrong or that the timelines out of whack and that you may not be looking far enough back for what you're looking for, or you may be looking too far back and missing it. And that's comes back to is is it sounds overwhelming, it sounds confusing, but this is a system that has been put together over thousands and thousands of years. You know, there's no way you could you and I could put it together in a day or even in a lifetime. It's the influence of Hundreds of people over thousands of years that have put this system together. And that's why it's so elegant and so subtle. And most people just miss it.
0: We've only got about three and a half minutes left with you tonight on Spaced Out Radio. As we start to bring this up and wrap this up, you know, what do people look forward to is there a reason to look forward to to what we're doing is there life after death do we even know or is it just one big facade
1: i can't answer all those questions but from this perspective and from the dream vision that most of the traditional viewpoints that we have seem to be incorrect and that's kind of the other thing that this kind of opens a door and starts forcing you to start thinking about other possibilities, that some things that we think are true and what happens after we die may not be correct or may need to be modified. Uh, The truth is is I don't really go into that in the philosophical. I leave that up to the writer or to the reader to uh, make up your own mind. Um, I try very hard – not to influence your beliefs while you're reading this. Um, I just try to present the story and the information as it's presented in the mythologies um, and try to leave it up to you to make up your own mind because a lot of these subjects carry a lot of baggage. A lot of people have very personal feelings. They build their identities around them and, you know, If you go up and start telling them they're wrong or poking them in the chest, they tend to react violently or aggressively and don't want to listen to you. So, like I said, I try very hard to avoid that, to just present the information and allow you, the reader, to make up your own mind based on your own experiences and your own beliefs. And you'll see... And this is where the wild part is: is that the vast majority of this really doesn't contradict or conflict with the, what you already know. And you'll discover too that you really kind of already know all this stuff; you're just not aware of it.
0: Do me a favor in the next minute here: tell everybody where they can find your books and research and what you've done.
1: Uh, my book is currently only available on Amazon. Uh, for Kindle, Kindle Unlimited, and paperback, it is available worldwide. All you have to do is just go to your Amazon.com account and put in Unlocking the Dream Vision, and it'll pop up. Um, I am on Facebook, RJ Von Bruning, and Unlocking the Dream Vision. And I also have uh, Forbidden Knowledge of Enoch page. I'm currently trying to put a blog together called The Watcher in the Eye, and hopefully in the next few months that'll be up and have some decent material for people to read. And uh I'm hoping in the next nine months or so to actually have a Audible book available for this. Wonderful. Which will which will be available too through Amazon.
0: Wonderful. RJ, thank you so much for coming on Spaced Out Radio tonight. What a pleasure. It's been a while, but I'm glad we did this again.
1: Oh, so am I. Thanks for having me, Scott. And thanks to all your listeners for tuning in. This was awesome.
0: Not a problem. Coming up next, we have the SOR Newswire, because we skipped a couple of days last week to the great interviews and the roundtable. And we have the thought of the day. Lots more on Spaced Out Radio coming next as we round the corner.
6: Night on Space Out Radio, we have places for you to hang out. Hi, this is Carl. Join our SOR Space Travelers group on Facebook for live chat. On Twitter, using hashtag Spaced Out Radio, you can also join us in our Spreaker chat room. Check us out on Instagram at S O R. All of our archives are free on YouTube at Spaced Out Radio. By the way, I'll be watching you at your window until you do. Bye! move over brother
9: and let me own saturday night this is rich giordano and i'm inviting you to tune on in to spaced out saturday starting at 9 p.m pacific 12 a.m eastern where i'm going to bust open the lids on everything paranormal why because we want answers and i'm the guy who's going to deliver those answers to you join the chat rooms and we'll see you this saturday just be there no really Heading to Vancouver and looking
0: for a night on the town? The Moose Vancouver is the bar that never stops rocking until 2 a.m. every night. The Moose has great food with everything on the menu from 695 to 895, fantastic vibrant staff and rock and roll that will bring you back to when the music was real, the hair was long and the guitars were rocking. Get your party on at The Moose Vancouver, the official party bar of Spaced Out Radio.
11: Looking for a place to advertise at a very reasonable cost? Look no further than Spaced Out Radio. SpacedOutRadio.com has an advertising tab that you can click to check out our daily, weekly, and monthly packages to play on the radio or our website, including social media. From commercial spots to banners, we have it all. Check out our competitive pricing today.
2: Hey, Spaced Out Radio fans, it's John Resig, founder of the Chive and Chive Charities. Our goal is to make the life of veterans, first responders, and those with rare medical conditions 10% happier. We do this by donating one grant item, ranging from dance to therapy programs to prosthetic limbs, to those who need it most. To contribute to Spaced Out Radio's official charity, head over to chivecharities.org and become a donor today.
0: At SpacedOutRadio.com, we have a little bit of everything for you to stay up late. So while you're there, check out our SOR Newswire, where our team brings you stories of the weird and strange to the WTF from around the globe. News on Bigfoot, UFOs, paranormal, Darwinian-type crime tales. It's the stories that the mainstream media usually won't touch. Well, we got them all on the SOR Newswire, only at SpacedOutRadio.com.
4: Hello, this is your guitar man, Ron Bumblefoot Thaw, and I have to tell you, I love the response I get for Little Brother is Watching from Spaced Out Radio fans. It's amazing how music can inspire and make people think deeper about what's going on in the supernatural world. You can head over to my website, bumblefoot.com, to check out my music, my guitar workshops, my touring, even check out some of the hot sauces that I'm working on. And make sure you keep on listening, because with Spaced Out Radio, you know Little Brother is Watching.
7: You wanted new SOR gear, and now you can have it. The SOR Vault is fully stocked with t-shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and everything in between with great logos for you to choose from. So head on over to spacedoutradio.com, click on the SOR Vault, and go shopping. Pricing is quite affordable, and you can look good representing your favorite show. So go to our website and pick up your new SOR wear at the SOR Vault today.
10: Hey, everybody. The SOR Space Travelers is open. For just five bucks a month, you can hang out with Dave and our crew privately in our members-only section. With your signing, you'll receive newsletters on what's going on with Spaced Out Radio. You'll have direct contact with the host during the show in our chat, live streaming videos, and a great forum for your posts and more. Become a space traveler now at spacedoutradio.com.
7: to the entertainment online for Space Out Radio, I'm Amber Beckard, and I want to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and check out Cryptid Tales, where I will take you on a journey into some of the strangest legends and lore from around the world, relaying the stories to you of the strange creatures and experiences that people have had throughout time. You can find Cryptid Tales at YouTube.com forward slash spaced Out Radio. And while you're there, don't forget to check out our free archives and leave a comment. See you there.
5: A little bit of science, a little bit of skepticism. Add a dash of snark and you have the makings of Spaced Out Sundays with me, Everthena. Together we will look into the reality of the paranormal with an open eye and rational thought. Oh, did I mention there'll be plenty of woo as well? Your time spent with Spaced Out Sundays will make the night even better. The chat rooms are open, 9.06 p.m. Pacific, 12.06 a.m. Eastern, right here at SpacedOutRadio.com.
3: We all know on Spaced Out Radio, we love a good beard and mustache. So why not take care of your facial hair with Mighty Moose Beard Oil? Made in Canada, we're taking care of beards and stashes around the world. We use 100% natural ingredients with our oils and balms to make your whiskers feel silky smooth. Use promo code SOR2019 at MightyMooseBeard.com today.
0: 3rd. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. I'm your host, Dave Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time reminder that if you've missed most of this show or others you can always go to our youtube channel youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do me the favor hit that subscribe button our website is spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of feature for you you can rock out to bumblefoot do a little shopping at the sor vault you can also Join the Space Travelers Club for five bucks a month. Pick up a book at We Read the Night, and Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire is always up to date. Now, just want to remind all of you, apparently one of our feeds, which is Spreaker.com, has crashed for some people. I apologize. This is not doing what we are doing, so... I don't know what's going on. It has nothing to do with us. It's Spreaker. So for those listening there, you can, you know, find a good source to check it on out. But on the flip side, let's get to the news. The news is always changing, which is why we bring you the SOR Newswire at the back end of every show where we get to the weird, the wacky, the WTF, as we continue on here. All right. Interesting story coming out from ancient aliens. Yeah, we don't really quote them too much, but it goes on. Controversial news host, Tucker Carlson, well, he's been known to get into the woo every now and again. On his own program in June of this year, Carlson went on a tirade against the metric system, calling it tyranny. But in last week's episode of Ancient Aliens, Carlson appeared to support the idea of aliens. In an interview with Nick Pope, Carlson claimed that a knowledgeable source has told him that the United States government possesses physical evidence that the alien spacecraft have landed on Earth, or at least crash-landed. He's quoted as saying, I've heard this from someone who I think is knowledgeable on the subject, that there is a physical evidence that the United States government is holding um, that, you know, would tell us a lot more about what these objects are. Pope then asked Carlson if he was referring to UFO wreckage. That is correct, Tucker responded. Now, of course, Carlson's openness to the existence of UFOs and aliens on Earth is not new. He interviewed and asked Donald Trump about it earlier in July, raising the subject with him. Trump told Carlson at the time that he did not consider himself a believer in UFOs and said, Personally, I tend to doubt that aliens have visited Earth in spaceships, but Trump then left the door open by saying, you know, I guess anything is possible. Carlson also asked Trump if he believed the claim that the government was holding UFO wreckage at an Air Force facility, but Trump replied, I don't assume that is correct. Nonetheless, Trump then told Carlson he had an open mind on the subject. Well, at the time of Carlson's interview, the U.S. Defense Department had recently briefed Trump on a series of sightings by Navy pilots of objects in the sky they couldn't identify. yes. It's very interesting what's going on here. What is going on? But could you really see Tucker Carlson being the face of disclosure? My question is, would he bring the necktie or pardon me, the bow tie back? Would he bring the bow tie back? Don't know. Roscosmos, Russia's space agency, wants to build an observatory on the moon's south pole that keep an eye out for any asteroids on a collision course with Earth. Russia has long planned on setting up a base on the moon, a goal it shares with China and the United States. Now the state media agency TASS says that the outpost will conclude or include a series of telescopes to help the country better track any space rock hazards. Russia has been scanning for asteroids that come in close proximity to Earth since 2016. The lunar outpost is supposed to supplement that existing system by extending its reach into deep space. Roscosmos, Executive Director of Science and Long-Term Programs, Alexander Bloshenko, says that the idea was to get a better understanding of any dangerous asteroids en route to Earth. There are plans to install equipment on this lunar base to help study deep space and special telescopes. Telescopes, rather, to track asteroids and comets that pose a danger and a potential collision with our planet. All right. A Canadian woman who was arrested for not holding onto an escalator handrail has been awarded $20,000 in damages. Bella Kosian was riding an escalator at the Montmorency, Montreal Metro Station in Laval, Quebec, in 2009 when an officer stopped her because she wasn't holding onto a handrail as she was looking through her purse, a sign that stated caution and hold handrail was located near the escalator. The officer told her to hold onto the handrail during her ride down the escalator, and the officer stopped her once she got to the bottom. He asked her to follow him, and she refused because she didn't think she had done anything wrong, also refused to give her ID. Kosian was subsequently detained, then released. She was given a $100 ticket for disobeying the sign and a $320 ticket for obstruction of an inspection worker. She was acquitted on the infractions in 2012. She then sued Montreal's Transit Authority and the city and one of its officers for $45,000. In 2015, the lawsuit was rejected in Quebec Court, and again in 2017 by the Quebec Court of Appeal, which said Coziad was the author of her own misfortune. But the Supreme Court unanimously disagreed and said... The sign in the metro station that said to hold on to the handrail was a warning and not law. They found the officer was wrong to step in and search her for breaking the law that didn't exist. A reasonable police officer should have known that people didn't have to hold handrails, or at least they should have had some doubt, the court ruling stated. Even if Miss Kosian didn't act in the best way, she had no legal obligation to hold on to the handrail. See, this is what goes to Canadian court. You know, never mind a good shooting Drug deal? No. Spilling coffee on our lap because it's too hot? Suing for millions? No. We arrest people for not holding on to handrails of escalators. So anybody visiting the country, make sure you hold on to the handrails. A fragment of wood believed to be from Jesus' manger is now back in the Holy Land just in time for Christmas. The tiny, inches-long relic was first taken out of the Middle East in the 7th century when St. Sophronius, Patriarch of Jerusalem, donated it to Pope Theodore I. It remained in Rome's Basilica of Santa Maria Maggiore until now. Maggiore? Probably butchered that. The wooden relic arrived on Saturday at its permanent home in Bethlehem in time for Advent and the beginning of the Christmas season. Many Christians say it represents the very essence of their faith. It touches me so deeply, so deeply because I can really find the little child Jesus inside. I really can find his presence, and it's like the cradle is moving into my heart. Barbara Boatberg said... At a special service at Our Lady of Peace Chapel at the Notre Dame Jerusalem Center for, to commemorate its arrival, Bodeberg, a Christian living in Israel, says she has been praying for 40 years to see a piece of Jesus' crib return to its rightful place in the Middle East. Since it's here, my heart is jumping all the time with joy that God became a man humble enough to sleep in a manger. Added Bodeberg. Pope Francis allowed the relic to be returned to the region. According to Father Francesco Patton, custos of the Holy Land, He said that the Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas had been asking the Pope to return the stone and the wood manger to Bethlehem for at least one Christmas season for years. It was important, the request of Mr. Abbas. It is very important, said Friar Patton. Friar Pratton said the entire crib was considered too fragile to move. Nonetheless, he says the small wooden relic is an important symbol that will now be permanently enshrined inside St. Catherine's Church adjacent to the Church of the Nativity in Manger Square in Bethlehem. Here's something very cool, too. A new statue was dedicated to civil rights pioneer Rosa Parks in Alabama's capital of Montgomery on Sunday. The bronze monument was unveiled on the 64th anniversary of one of the key moments in the civil rights movement. On December 1, 1955, Parks was arrested after refusing to give up her seat on a public bus for a white man. Her defiance led to the Montgomery bus boycott, spearheaded by Martin Luther King Jr., and later the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling that segregation on public buses was unconstitutional as it violated the 14th Amendment. In June 1999, Parks was presented with the Congressional Gold Medal, Congress's highest civilian honor for her courage and pivotal role in the history of the civil rights movement. Montgomery Mayor Stephen Reed and Governor Kay Ivey attended the unveiling ceremony of the life-size statue of and four historic markers which honored the plaintiffs in the landmark Browder v. Gale case. I hope it's present will remind us of the struggles of the civil rights movement and ensure the future generations will do it better or will be better and do better tweeted Governor Ivy. today we honor Mrs. Rosa Parks act of courage and defiance some 64 years ago Mayor Tweet wrote it and he Mayor Reed wrote I should say her moment born out of faith was a pilot light for a movement that would overcome fear good for her good for them The desperate search for ways to help the world's coral reefs rebound from the devastating effects of climate change has given rise to some radical solutions. In the Caribbean, researchers are cultivating coral nurseries so they can reimplant fresh coral on degraded reefs. And in Hawaii, scientists are trying to specially breed corals to be more resilient against rising ocean temperatures. On Friday, British and Australian researchers rolled out another unorthodox strategy they say could help restoration efforts, broadcasting the sounds of healthy reefs in dying ones. In a six-week field experiment, researchers placed underwater loudspeakers in patches of dead coral in Australia's Great Barrier Reef and played audio recordings taken from the healthy reefs The goal was to see whether they could lure back the diverse communities of fish that are essential to counteracting reef degradation. The results were promising. According to researchers, the study found twice as many fish flocked to the dead coral patches where healthy reef sounds were played compared with patches where no sound was played. Healthy coral reefs are remarkably noisy. They crackle and snap. Yeah, shrimp and the whoops and the grunts of fish combine to form a dazzling biological soundscape, said Stephen D. Simpson, a marine biology professor at the University of Exeter and a senior author of the study Juvenile Fish home in on these sounds when they are looking for a place to settle. According to the study, the number of species present in the reef's patches where healthy sounds were played increased by 50% over other patches. The new fish populations, including species of all parts of the food web such as scavengers herbivores and predatory fish importantly the fish that arrived at the patches tended to stay there that's very cool all right a manatee that was previously rehabilitated in Florida was rescued by marine specialists in an hours-long operation. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission worked together with the Clearwater Marine Aquarium to rescue the manatee named Camley after the animal was found to be underweight and not eating in Apollo Beach. Camley was taken to Zoo Tampa, where officials said she is being monitored and receiving fluids. The manatee was previously released into the canal at Tico Energy's manatee viewing Center in January 2018, after two years of care at Zoo Tampa's Critical Care Center. Zoo Tampa said Kamlie was still wearing an FWC satellite tracking collar when she was rescued on Sunday. And finally, no, it's not a bird, nor a plane. It's an evacuation slide from a Delta flight. A large inflatable slide fell from the sky and into a Massachusetts man's yard on Sunday. It came crashing down from a flight traveling from Paris to Boston. It's kind of crazy, Weihan Huang of Milton, Massachusetts said. Who could know there's something coming from the air and drops into my yard, right? It's pretty heavy. You can't even carry it. Huang said that he was doing yard work when the slide landed, crushing a few branches on a Japanese maple. He then realized it came from a plane when he saw the word Boeing on the side. Huang called the police, and the Federal Aviation Administration was sent to get the slide. The airline is investigating why the slide would have fallen, Delta mentioned in a press release. No one was injured, thankfully. Our maintenance team, Delta says, is inspecting the aircraft at this time. We do not have any additional information. The flight landed without incident and taxied to the gate under its own power. That is scary. That is totally, totally scary would not want to be underneath that that's for sure <laughs> Thought of the Dave happens every night at this time where we ask a question on our Facebook and Twitter pages, then read your responses on the air because we love the audience participation around here. Today's Thought of the Dave is as follows What kind of messages do you get out of your dreams? Let's start with Tom, shall we? It's become one of my son's favorite songs. All right, Tom. Nothing that I can recall, the messages that I receive are in my mind at 3 a.m. when I am awakened, especially during my writing spurts. There are so many that I can't keep track of them all. Brian, depends on multiple factors like location, individuals, and the elements. Sparkles. I have had dreams, with quotation marks around it, that foretell upcoming events. Two examples are Katrina and a disaster that occurred in the city that I lived in. These dreams, quotation marks, have always occurred between 4 and 6 a.m. They wake me up, and when I'm unable to forget them, I know they're real. They haunt me all day. The next day or evening what I have dreamed occurs. What has always disturbed me is that it's never anything positive. They are always related to disastrous events. I get they fall into the category or I guess they fall into the category of precog dreams. Jim, I keep surviving zombie attacks and when being chased I turn into Shazam and can't fly more than 5-10 feet off the ground. So, I'm a survivor? Hmm Gabe When I dream of family, I am usually wary of hearing news of a death. Dreaming of guns has always led to some kind of drama at work most of the time. Moral of the story is dreams warn you. Stephen I don't get this. TTSA is pants I don't get that. Chris. You people got to get better sleep. Jim, hundreds of well-documented, successful premonitions concerning world disasters, world politics, and world economics have come true. Catherine, saving people without weapons and guiding them to safety during a hostile, apocalyptic-type time in humanity's time on this earth. Do you have a theme song with that? Everybody needs a theme song. Michelle, don't try to walk on water, thinking you'll get away from the sharks. Never works. Never works. I've tried that myself. Grant, I have extremely vivid dreams each and every night, extremely realistic, nothing too abstract or crazy, just daily occurrences. But what does that mean, man? What does it mean? That's very vague. I hate to say that, but that's vague, man. Help me out. Give me some love. Give me some sugar. I need something to work with here. All right, let's continue on here, shall we? All right. Let's go to Cody. I had one of the best ones on Saturday. I dreamt that I was at a Florida Panthers game and it got shut down due to a terrorism threat. As we were evacuated, the players finished the game as a street hockey match. Game, not match. We're not playing soccer here. I never have sports dreams, and sure not about the Panthers, as I am a Caps fan. Sorry to hear that, too. As for the messages portion, I dream a lot about water or tornadoes. I don't know what that means. Well, Cody, first off, should never dream about the Florida Panthers. They are perennial losers. All right? They can't help it. They're perennial losers. It's the climate. NHL shouldn't even be down there. So that's your first problem. Dreaming about the Florida Panthers. My goodness. My goodness. All right. Big thanks to everybody taking part in the thought of the Dave on Twitter and on Facebook. We'll do it again tomorrow. Thank you, Captain Shirk, for getting all of our news together. You can find all of the news on the SOR Newswire at the front page of our website, and of course, to RJ Von Brooding our great author guest. You could definitely check him on out with the Dream Vision book, which could be found on Amazon. And that was kind of a heavy show. Heavy, heavy show. We don't usually get into shows like that. Figured we'd, you know, mix it up a bit, going into the final month of 2019 and of this decade. Geraldina Roscoe is going to be on the show tomorrow for The Spiritual You. That one's going to be fun. Her final appearance of 2019. She's just like all over the place right now. Absolutely love her. Can't wait to see her in San Francisco in February when I will be down at UFO Con 2020, speaking at that four-day event, so I hope you all can make it on down there and join me. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is Watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, in our chat rooms on Elgab, Spreaker, Revolution Radio, Facebook, the SOR Space Travelers Club on our website, And everybody on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio, wherever you may be. I know you're out there somewhere. Remember, this show is copyrighted by SpacedOutRadio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for sharing your evening with us, because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Have a great night, everybody. Geraldine Arrasco tomorrow night for The Spiritual You. See you tomorrow. Good night. Honey, it's our favorite time of year, and I got you something to celebrate.
7: <gasps> a McRib! It's just what I wanted!
0: Happy McRib season, sweetie.
7: Mm, I love you.
0: I love you too.
7: Mm, actually, I was talking to my McRib.
8: Oh, okay, well, uh, I'll leave you two alone. Right now, enjoy a McRib meal and get another tasty McRib sandwich for just a dollar. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.
0: Honey, it's our favorite time of year, and I got you something to celebrate.
7: (gasps) A McRib! It's just what I wanted!
0: Happy McRib season, sweetie.
7: Mm, I love you.
0: I love you, too.
7: Mm. Actually, I was talking to my McRib.
0: Oh, okay. Well, uh,
8: I'll leave you two alone. Right now, enjoy a McRib meal and get another tasty McRib sandwich for just a dollar. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.